0: Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to another episode of Libations for Everyone. I am one half of the hosting duo. My name is Ben Kwam, and uh, with me, as always, my Garth Algar or my Wayne Campbell, I don't know if we've decided who's who, uh, is Mr. We're Charles to... Wad?
1: Whoa, that would be a serious question. I don't even How know where I'd go with that one for a while, I think.
0: I like to play. <laughs> Bing! Uh, so, Charles, what are, what are we going to drink
1: today? What are we drinking today? So... We're, we have a lot of mottos on this program, of course. You know, we say uh, this is a, a conversation, not an interview. I think another one of our mottos is going to be where we're going, we don't need rules. <laughs> so we're, basically, just as, just as you were at a bar with friends and you have a plan to, to drink, you know, shots, like let's drink shots all night, which is the rule for this show. Rules are made to be broken. So for the second straight program, we're not doing shots. I mean, we are doing shots. We are doing not shots. Just shots. We have cans of uh, Surly Brewing One Man Mosh Pit. Uh, which is a delicious hazy IPA. We have cans of uh, Prize Brewing Course Correct, hazy pale ale, another hazy which is fantastic, and then we have assorted boozes, mystery <laughs> shots. Yeah, I just got some airline bottle poured into this glass.
0: Well, I was trying to figure out what to bring, and um, I, I think a lot of people listen to us talking about um, what we want from from gifts, and I believe Charles, yeah. you talked about I'd rather have something that we could I could like make and we could share. Uh, and I had, totally. a, I had a belated uh, Christmas present dropped off to my house from a whiskey club where they get uh, like three or four ounce vials of whiskey from all over the world. OK, so they're just tiny bottles of yep.
1: just whiskeys from around the world.
0: So this one, um, it weirdly enough, came with a reserve brandy as well, which kind of surprised me because huh. the card said whiskey club. But the one that we're drinking is the Journeyman whiskey, uh, whips and whiskey. All it says on it, no information on where Journeyman's from. But all right, we're gonna do a little bit of that, and then I got I got a special treat for the for the final one. So sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, but the and reason- I brought some Malort, too. <laughs> oh yes, love the <laughs> But the reason that we're hanging out in the PA Hall with its beautiful giant ceilings and its gorgeous hardwood floors and its incredibly half circle demi circle stage. Uh, drinking and having fun is because we have this incredibly awesome guest. <laughs> I've been excited about this for a long time. Uh, excuse me, sir. Could you introduce yourself to these lovely people and uh, let them know who you are, what you do? Hi, everybody.
2: Uh, my name is Chris Reivers. First of all, gentlemen, thank you so much for the invitation to come on the show. Cheers. Cheers to that. And um, you can find me on a show called Garage Logic, which has been on the airwaves since 1993. I was not on it back then. I was. <laughs> it would in, have been awesome uh, if you were. What eighth grade back then? No. <laughs> anyway, uh, no. It's it's been cool. I've been at Hubbard Broadcasting for oh my god, almost 15 years now. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, I, that just occurred to me. Um, yeah, uh, early '07 was when I started there. So it's been fun, and it's really cool to work, especially given how volatile this industry has become in the last, uh, what, 12 months, it's been really cool to be part of an ownership group that A, is local, uh, and B, that gives a crap about people, um, which isn't the case with a lot of other... Unnamed uh, broadcasting companies that I've worked for, but no, it's awesome. Um, the Hubbard family is truly—I'm I'm truly lucky to to do what I do and get to work with who I work with every day.
0: And for everybody out there, Garage Logic is not an auto repair radio show. But we
2: will still get emails asking uh, questions. Uh, should I use you know this yeah, really? type of lubricant? Uh, it's it's insane. <laughs> but uh, honestly, you know what's cool about getting emails like that? You know that someone went and you know since we since we switched to podcast forms strictly um as opposed to being on the am radio dial we're getting new lists i mean i can't tell you how many times i'll get emails from people that just simply google searched us or found us through a pod app or whatever it's crazy that's awesome um but yeah but that just shows you the evolution of what we're all dealing with now in broadcasting
0: so. I, could just, I could just picture, like, Roycey reading one of those motor oil emails and then being like, oh. uh, I like to use glucosamine <laughs> to keep my knees <laughs> right. moving, but if you want to put motor oil in there, that's fine. Right.
2: Yeah, that would probably be that, – that actually might be a brilliant segment idea, actually. Now you're giving me a good See? idea. That's Thanks. what we're here for. Thanks, Sharing Kong.
0: and caring and drinking and By talking. the way,
2: you were mentioning Whiskey Club, and I don't know if you guys know this, but the first rule – of whiskey club is we don't talk about whiskey club. Oh, well,
0: but Shit. see that's the thing is I feel like you <laughs> should have you should have come to me like this is even more DIY than Edward Norton and Brad Pitt making soap in a basement. Like it, is it literally movie. was a sack <laughs> of four of three bottles in my mailbox with a little a card. They came in a sack. A sack. <laughs> okay. But- <laughs> it would have been lack of a it game in a.
2: Yeah, it would have been Speaking a of of that, yeah. uh, I a have lot to funnier. get you because I know you're a whiskey guy like I am. Um, I got to get you some of. Uh, I've been doing uh, ads for the guys at Harmony Spirits down in oh. Harmony, Minnesota. It's basically in the Iowa border. Sure, their barrel proof bourbon. Into it, my God, it's incredible. i I'm. It's, it's so, I'm cool. I mean, I think we're all Jameson guys here. It's, it's so good. I have to, I'm going to have to get you a bottle.
0: Please do. I, I, uh, I don't mean to, to cause any offense to anybody out there, but I have, by and large, as a whole, Minnesota has not done bourbon proud. There are some shining stars in the middle of a lot of stuff, but. Man, that Tattersall. Yeah. yeah dude. dude, that bottled in Bond. Ooh. Whew, that was real good. Yeah, that was nice. But overall, us as a state, we have not done the best at whiskey. And I would gladly look forward to anybody coming with some good, good shit. Yeah, I'll try them all. Because I want to I big ups, Minnesota. Okay, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I love yes. Kentucky bourbon. But why, why do you think that is? I, cause no, of, I, now I'm interviewing Because of, of youth. <laughs> I think it's because of youth. I think it's... Yeah, it's, history. All of these yeah. are small businesses that need to make money, and they don't have the ability to sit on it. Everybody's trying to push it out as fast as they can True. to try and turn it around. And I think part of the reason that we loved the Tattersall Bottled and Bond so much was they've spent these last years releasing liqueurs, releasing clear spirits, doing Akavit, sure. doing pre-bottled cocktails. And they've done a couple run of, of younger whiskies. And while I don't think they were bad, I also think that they could have been better. And then this bottle had enough time. And when we popped that, like, I mean, my toes curled, it was so good. That's sure. Cool. And
1: they also instituted the, the concept of remaining patient. Yep. Like Oski told me when I was trying some of those, when they were really green, I will not release these until they're ready. So that's, promising you know yeah. to, to know that they would not release it until it was ready to go whereas yeah if you got to turn money you got barrels sitting there barrel gets more expensive every year that it's sitting they don't mm-hmm. have giant rick houses like they do in in the south and obviously experience as well you know you, you spend your first seven years making a whiskey and you realize you could have done something or making a bourbon and realizing you could have done something different well okay it, well in seven years we'll get it right and right. it's such a
0: different yeah. discussion when it's not my money in the company You know, like me as a whiskey consumer can be like, that should have sat in a barrel for two years longer. But that's because I can say that because I don't have any skin in the game. If this is my kid's college fund, if this is my retirement, if this is everything else there, that weighs a lot heavier on whether or not some idiot on a podcast is going to think that it's the best whiskey that's ever been made or not that's beside the point certainly you're putting out what you need to do and you're building a a business around it. Yeah. But as a marketing specialist, I'll say that both of those factors are equally important
1: Hmm. because if you don't want to drink their whiskey anymore, you won't buy it off the shelf. That is true. So if they make a good whiskey, you may never get to try it. So of course (laughs) both of of those factors are important.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we should probably at some point come around to asking Mr. Reavers some (laughs) questions. Uh, Charles, do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, are we just going to do every other? Again? I think every other works. Let me
1: let me go because I, I got I'm doing more like just goofy fun questions. <laughs> Love it. Like, sweet.
2: But... So, what
1: is the best sandwich you've ever had? Oh
2: boy! Now now, now do I take my drink you, and then answer? Oh them. yeah, yeah we, we're, we're, Jesus like, Christ! Come on, we're, we're, we're the, the worst. Drank. All right, <laughs>
0: my mouth <mind> is dry. <laughs> so cheers to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for guys. all those crackling ass lips. Let's get, a, let's get them. Let's get them moist. By the way,
2: I have to say, uh, and I will answer your sandwich question. Prize, by the way, as every uh, really good father does. I took my two young boys under the age of ten to prize. I think it had to have been the first spring that they were open. That has to be one of the most beautiful tap rooms in, Amazing tap room. in Minneapolis. Yeah. It's
1: so freaking cool. Spacious and, and there's great food there. And as you can well.
2: play uh, what's the not bowling, the lawn bowling? The, the Dutch cheese wheel game. The feather feather bowling. Feather bowling, feather bowling feather. yeah. And I mean my kids were playing and they were having a blast as I'm, you know. Full disclosure, hammering. they're a client of
0: mine. Oh, they are. Ben
1: works at Surly. Uh Prize is one of my clients.
0: I will also say uh, Jeremy Prize gave me a tour of the building before they started construction on it. I wish to God that they would have had a professional photographer go through and take pictures of each room. It was that bad? It was that bad, but also that amazing. Um, When you walk in the front door, the bar is the taps are on the right. Mm-hmm. On the left is like where the food is, and then there's a stairway that goes up to offices. That <laughs> that was the old owner of the company's like office area. He had uh, an entire mural on one wall of a, a mountain photograph that he had taken out of like Life magazine. Like it wasn't okay. a picture that he took. <laughs> okay. It was just like, but it had nothing to do with anything else there. Just one one wall, complete wall was just a mountain. And then in his office, he had a stand up rounded accordion door shower in his office.
2: What? Okay. So when you walk in,
0: <laughs> you're looking at the desk, and then to the left of you is just a shower. No toilet, no sink, no anything. Just oh, a shower. That is and awkward. I, I mean, I can't even tell you how many, like, I was sick in elementary school Love Boat episodes I thought of. And, like, what awful things (laughs) and hairspray must have been washed (laughs) down that goddamn drain. But seeing it now, it really is. uh, It's very rare that I get to see somebody tell me their vision. And then I get to walk in and it's better than what I had imagined. Sure. and he over-promised when he gave me that tour about what he wanted to do, and honestly, it's every time I go in there, I smile a little bit because, you know, he was a security guard when I was a DJ at my first residency in downtown. That's how far back we go, and it's impossible to not want to just Slap his butt and tussle his hair and yeah, say, you just, fucking did it, man. They're so
2: easy to root for. And they make incredible beer, too. The
0: That Dublin Dry Stout, I, I had a little bit of that today at uh, Willie McCoy's in Bloomington. And that's a fantastic beer as yeah. well.
2: Yes. All right. So, I'm sorry. back That was yes. a long. Yes.
0: I got us way off track. I apologize. Hey, hey, we're, we're good at professional. that. I've never be been able that. to tell the story we're... about the office with the shower <laughs> in the corner. I'm just so glad we randomly got to that. Gonna, I bet they're going <laughs> to like that,
2: too. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're going, we don't need rules. All right, so my best sandwich, uh, it yeah. was January of 2017. I, I was you. leaving Jacksonville, Florida <laughs> yes. uh, as my Buffalo Bills <laughs> lost to the Jaguars in an epic playoff game, 10-3, that no one will soon forget. And I was going to the airport, and I was starving, because I did a. I literally did a fly-in that morning, because I bartended the night before. I flew in that morning, went to the game, Went back to the airport and flew home that same night. Uh, But I stopped off. I don't even remember the name of the restaurant, but it just looked like one of those hole-in-the-wall, middle of Jacksonville, nothing kind of off the side of the road, (laughs) and it was a Cuban sandwich. Oh, (sighs) okay. First of all, the bread, I don't know how they did this, but, I mean, they got it to me in six minutes, right? Because there wasn't that many people in there. But it was a Cuban sandwich that had fried onions, fried peppers, and this, I don't know if it was a pesto, mayo, something on it. I, I almost want to go back to Jacksonville just, just to sandwich. get that sandwich it was so freaking Ooh. good and and by the way homemade sweet potato fries come on to, uh, on top of it oh. i almost didn't make my flight because i was i wanted to get another one to go just to bring <laughs> yeah. it home with me yeah. but oh i you know i'm gonna have to look up the name of that restaurant because i bet if i look google that i'd find it in a second
0: check it out if you can find out what the restaurant is when we post this episode we'll put that in the bio Oh so people sweet! Can look it yes, up. We'll
2: yes, totally yes, yes. Okay, I will for sure do that. I will for sure do that. Yeah. So that was the cube, and I'm a I'm a Cuban sandwich guy. That's the best one I've ever had, by far. That's, do you have a
0: Do you have a favorite Cuban locally? Um, because if you have to think about it, you should just say Victor's 1959. Victor's
2: 1959. But also, no, but you know, you know what I'm gonna say. Okay, th- th- they're second. Yeah. Uh, Target Field, the Tony. Oh o. yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, you're watching baseball. You're watching the Twins. That's the legit. Tony. And I I will even walk up go say hi to Double A doing the play or doing the PA announcing because the 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 best Tony O stand is right behind where Adam Abrams is doing the PA mm-hmm. for the game so for
0: sure uh, stupid release really quick story uh, I always loved Tony Oliva he didn't he never seemed like a professional athlete to me right he was like an ambassador for baseball like even watching him play in highlights like he just seems like. I'm here to just make you like baseball. Mm -hmm. But uh, I was in line to get one at Target Field. And I had kind of walked up at the exact same time as a young woman. And she was looking at me. And like we were both trying to figure out how to get into the double dutch. And I was just like, oh, no, you know what? You go first. It's all good. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, absolutely. Like, go ahead.
1: She got the last one, damn it.
0: Nope. (laughs) Tony Oliva was standing there. And we went through the whole thing. And then when I was going, he goes, I want to buy that guy a sandwich. I go, what? He comes over and he just shook my hand. And he goes, thank you for chivalry. And I thought that was so fucking sweet. Wow, Tony Oliva watched me. Just like we walked at the same time. I didn't do anything nice. I was just like, yeah, I'm not in a hurry. Go ahead. That was it. Tony Oliva bought me my first Tony Oliva Cuban sandwich.
2: That is, you know, and I know the twins sometimes get a bad rap you know, for whatever, spending money. What, but they always have had some of the classiest people that have been involved in that organization. Couldn't agree more. And it's, and it's honestly why, I mean, obviously I'm a huge baseball fan, but it's it's why they are so easy to root for, in my oh. opinion. Because they, they do hire and, and try to really uh, bring in really class individuals. So I've always been a fan of that. That's mm. awesome.
0: I love him. Uh, Charles' question, uh, is this a sandwich that I have made myself or is this a sandwich I have purchased somewhere?
1: Hey, it's totally up to you. Let's okay. just say that burgers aren't sandwiches and neither are hot dogs. And nope. if people are listening to this want to fight me, <laughs> uh, we shouldn't probably do that because of COVID. But those are not sandwiches. I'm with you on it. I like
0: it. I like it. Uh, if, if I have to tell you the best sandwich that I've ever had, uh, it was um, sitting with my wife in Vigeland's Park in Oslo, Norway. And we have this thing I've talked about on the podcast before, where we go and we make the fanciest sandwich we can at a deli, right? And then we get a bottle of something, and we go and we sit in a park or like we sit in a laundromat awesome. or like whatever. Yeah, like we we can make I it, guess? Yes, bottle of aquavit and a bologna sandwich. Nope, no bottle of wine. <laughs> and we went to there's um it's it's the most beautiful food hall I've ever seen. It it I'll, I, it's not as big as Italy if you've ever been to Italy in like Chicago or New York or I think there's one in Dallas. It's not that big, but it's the same kind of idea. It's a bunch of gourmet stands all in a row. Cool. And you can buy hot stuff and go sit in the cafe. You can go downstairs to the bar. Or you can go around and kind of make your own meal with all the deli stuff. Yeah, very similar. And uh, it's called Mottpollen. And um, we went and there's like a gorgeous like cheese and and meats area. And then the bread is next door. And we're kind of looking at stuff. And I was like, okay, babe, I'm going to go get the bread. Why don't you start buying stuff? And... I, my wife is so smart, and she's so funny, and she's so intelligent, but she's not good at Norwegian. And so the language barrier was tough because the cheesemonger behind um, the counter, he was good with English but not great, and so he was trying to lead her. And basically she was just saying, I want a really good meat, like something that you really love, and then I want a really good cheese. And he, he processed that as, I want the best meat that you have and the best cheese that you have. Sure. Okay, so I come back with the bread and he gives me a piece of this cheese and I honestly like I almost cream my jeans. I'm like this shouldn't be this good but cream cheese, huh? it's a yeah it's a country that doesn't have corporate dairy. So it do- it makes sense that cheese is really good because sure, everyone yeah. comes from a like small great speck- stinky unpasteurized uh-huh. yeah right. So we got some we got some mustard and we got some corteshons and um I think we got some fig spread for like the inside of the bread. Why not? And right? we go All we right. go we go around to pay for everything? $793. <laughs> this was a $63 sandwich. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. And we literally <laughs> bought enough for the sandwich. We had a little cheese left over. That's it. this yeah. <laughs> was a $63 sandwich. Because the cheese that we bought, it was the first time Norway had ever won the best cheese in the world. And okay. we bought that cheese. Okay. And then the uh, <laughs> the meat that she got, which I didn't even get to try until we had it on there, was hamboni berko. <laughs> so it was wow. literally like nice. the best cured meat and the best cheese. But you know what? Knowing you, you're not
2: going to miss that 63 no, bucks. The fuck and you are and you're, you're going to remember that sandwich for we, the rest of your life. We laughed yes, I think about it's the best sandwich you ever had. <laughs> we laughed. The, sure. We <laughs> left the entire
0: way out of Mott We got on the subway. We built the the sandwich on the subway. We took it to Vegeland's Park, which is if you got, just look it up, it's uh like 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 it sounds, Vegeland's Park. Mm-hmm. It's this massive sculpture garden. That was designed by a single individual. Uh, oh, cool. It's, I mean, it's like a square mile, and all of this, all of the sculptures were designed by him. The pattern of the stones on the ground were all designed by him, and it all builds up to this hill, and then there's a bunch of benches, and we just sat there and we drank, honestly, a shitty bottle of wine that cost us like thirty-five dollars because Norway um and we ate that sandwich and we watched kids play we watched people marveling at the, the statues that's cool and every bite i took i was like oh my god this is so good and then i giggled because i was like that bite was three dollars <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and sixty cents then i take another bite I'm like that was a big bite that was like four dollars that was more yeah that was a five dollar <laughs> bite right <laughs> but it was like it was such a great example of like also trying to take a step back and this is why i think it, it was delicious of course but i think that why i love it so much is that It was a moment that 15 years earlier, that might've meant that we couldn't go out to eat that night or 20 years earlier, you know, getting to a point where I don't, I don't feel well off by any means, but like getting to a point where we could accidentally buy a $63 sandwich (laughs) and just like high five about it. Like a bottle of wine and a sandwich in a park was hundred dollars for us. But at the same time, the amount of times that I've thought about it, and that was the first thing that popped into my brain when you sent me that question was like, holy shit, that's that's it. Like that that's worth the money. Yeah. I created a lifelong memory for 100 bucks and then I think about the dumb shit I've spent 100 bucks oh, on. Oh god.
2: Yeah. Today alone. <laughs> exactly.
0: Jeez. Uh, Charles, what about you?
1: So this is an easy answer for me. I've had a lot of great sandwiches, but there's one particular memory when I was in Lebanon in 2000 11.
0: I'm just going to tell you right now, I've become so obsessed with like your Lebanese stories. I was praying that you would tell me about a yeah. sandwich from Lebanon, because now I have a new thing to add to my dream menu for when we go.
1: Cool. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a... Uh, well, this place isn't open anymore. Fuck! It's called... Uh, this, this place is called the Copa. It's by, it's by my aunt's place in a small village, and they closed a while ago. They reopened under new ownership, but they did not have the sandwich anymore, and now they're fully closed. <sighs> so... My only hope is to remake the sandwich myself. I still haven't attempted it. It's not that complicated. I just have never tried. This might inspire me to do so. But anyways, what happened was I was with my friends, a group of my pals, my buddy Tony Bez and all the boys, and we decided to go to the Copa. Uh, They wanted to watch a soccer game. I wanted to tip back some Almaza lagers, and we were hungry. So I ordered a burger and fries. Burgers in Lebanon are not very good. You know, it's just like, it's food, right? You're like, all right, this is a this is a burger, not a sandwich, a burger. And the, the guy next to me orders this sandwich. And it arrives, and he's about to take a bite out of it. He lifts it up to his lips. It's got a filet in the middle, like a breaded filet. And I say to him, in Arabic, of course, like, I didn't know they had, uh, like, a fish sandwich on the menu. Like, it looked like a filet of fish. Mm-hmm. And he's like... It's not fish, my friend. And I'm like, what is it? Chicken? And he goes, no. And he's like, d- just d- don't guess. Here, here, here. And he puts it like right in front of my face. Puts my hand on it. Just take a bite. So I bite into the sandwich. Do you know what it was? God. It was deep fried halloumi. Oh. I'm sorry. So, what was it? Deep fried halloumi cheese.
0: Oh.
1: oh so halloumi cheese gets really soft and squeaky. Yeah. Like curds, but it doesn't ever fully melt. Yeah. So what these genius bastards do. is make, like, a square block of halloumi and then dip it in what must have been tempura fry uh, solution because it was, like, very light and poppy, and then fry that motherfucker and put it on just, like, a shitty white bread bun, and I believe there was tomato and lettuce and onion, like, nothing glamorous, and it didn't matter because that block of cheese, like, melting into my face, I was, like... And not expecting it is the other thing because we always talk about yeah. experience being so critical to these situations yeah. for the reasons oh. that we enjoy something so much, especially when it comes to the gastronomical. I didn't realize I was biting into cheese and that damn thing just strung down my, you know, like, like hung down like a hammock. Did
2: you then go order one yourself? No, here's what happened oh. like,
1: <laughs> I looked at him and my eyes started rolling back. And he said, Hey, hey, I was like about to hand it back to him. He goes, Hey, keep that. I'm going to order another one. And I was like, "Dude, no way! On. This is your sandwich." He's like, "No, no, you keep it." And he got up. So I was like, "This is Fuck like it." And I pushed away my burger and just smashed that
0: thing. That would be the coolest story ever if it occurred in Minnesota. It's even fucking more amazing when you're halfway around the world in your like your dream, your home place. That that, that happens. Oh my god, Reavers! Imagine, <laughs> ima- tell tell me if I'm wrong on this, but okay. like imagine like the densest mozzarella cheese that has a, when it's cold, has, like, a squeaky bite like a cheese curd. Okay. And then you could literally, like, you could set it on a hot pan, and it will never lose shape, but it'll brown okay. on the bottom. Sure, sure, sure. It's and so- the hotter
1: it gets, like, it, it feels melty. It yep. will pull, but it won't like seep it'll, it'll never like goofy
2: i just like the fact that you both had i mean you had an exotic story of a great sandwich you had in lebanon and you had an exotic story of a sandwich <laughs> you had in norway and i mentioned fucking jacksonville i will tell you <laughs> as somebody who's been to jacksonville i felt like was exotic sandwich in jacksonville <laughs> jacksonville
0: was also more foreign than norway was to me i felt more out of my element
2: in jacksonville usa yeah, than it's i did in here's in what's Austin, funny about norway. that city i've been there twice right and it's, it's I'm, I I didn't mean it. Are you were you done? I didn't no. Mean, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I I Finish, motherfucker. No, no, no. I just <laughs> did, I didn't want to be rude and interrupt your story, no, 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 but no, no. I just thought it's is it so? It's almost like Jacksonville is almost like Florida's stepson.
0: Yes. You know, because Florida's
2: That's effed up, scary right? Yeah. And, and
0: and Jacksonville's like you're kind of it's even extra. more messed up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's just it's just weird. They birthed corn and limp biscuit. That's right. And they're going to get Trevor Lawrence, and the bastards. Lawrence. <laughs> oh, man. Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. Oh, man. I don't even. <laughs> that's, that's fucking awesome. Well, oh, let's take a drink. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. This is the Citra, by the way, which Ooh, I had not. Ha- I've, I've had the, uh, the hazy IPA from them. Masse yeah. Yeah, but I have not had the Citra. This is damn good. Yes, this is relatively
0: new. Man. I don't know anything about journeyman whiskey, but that's that's not bad. Yeah, let's hit it. I'm uh, I'm good with that. Where is it out of? Clown? There's no notes on it at all. Oh, it just literally literally just gives you the, yep. not even the name or well. I, I my, my guess would be. I don't think he expected me to give him, like, a Christmas gift of hot sauces that I had made. Uh. So he was trying to find something, and I would guess that this is probably a part of a bigger kit. And he was like, here's what I have left. <laughs> and he put it in, like, a gift bag that is, I'm sure his wife kept somewhere, and sure. then he just pulled it tight, put it in there with, like, a little oh, Christmas Okay, okay gotcha, gotcha. So I will text and try and figure out more, or I'll just use the Google machine. I don't think I like that as much as you. I, I don't, I'm not saying I love it, but the fact that it was called Journeyman, and I've never heard of it, I was expecting something awful. Uh, like I said, I'm going to make up for it on the back end. Wink. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> um, all right. Revers. Yes, sir. So uh, we're all well-seasoned men, shall we say? Sure. We are of a certain age. Yeah. Um, looking back, there's obviously a lot of people that helped us get to where we are or tried to hinder what we were doing. Originally, this was going to be a positive question, but I wanted to open it up if somebody needs a good fuck you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> looking back on the run to get you to where you are right now. Is there somebody that was exceptionally kind for no reason that helped you out? Or is there somebody that needs a, hey, fuck you, buddy, you know <laughs> somewhere along the way? Honestly,
2: I've been, I mean, listen, you're always going to run across people in broadcasting and in media that you're not always going to get along with. I've actually been relatively lucky where I haven't really had that. And I mean, I, I, I think you know the story. I've told it a hundred times, but I owe my entire career to Chris Hockey. Um,
0: I, I, I know you've talked to me about this directly, but I would love if you wanted to, to give give the story. Yeah. I,
2: I think it's cool. So I was uh, just about to wrap up my senior year at Mankato State. I don't call it Minnesota State. Go Mavs. Um, it was Mankato State my freshman year. Then it switched my sophomore year, and I refused to call it Minnesota State Mankato. It's Mankato State. Deal with it, people. All right. Um, I was I was about to get my accounting degree at Mankato, and I honestly knew that sitting in a desk – for the next thirty years was not going to be what. So I remember going to my counselor, and he said, "He said, Chris, you know I got decent grades. It, it, you know I was like a regular college student." And he said, "But with this degree, you can do anything. You know, just 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 keep that in mind, but do what you want to do." And he was he was right. But I remember I had I had sent out a bunch of resumes looking for an internship, and you know I I remembered my senior year, I was driving a route truck just to pay my tuition, right. And I remember I kept thinking, God, what do I want to do? I I wanted to dip my toe in a bunch of different things. And Chris was the first guy to get back to me and saying, hey, I'm looking for an intern. I literally went up that next day because I said, "Uh, I'll come interview whenever you want. He goes, how about tomorrow morning? Yep, I'll be there. And I remember driving from Mankato to downtown Minneapolis because he was the morning show producer back then at... 100.3 100.3 W-L-O-L, before, before K-Fan had flipped yep. uh, from AM to FM.
0: W-L-O-L, where my father was the traffic correspondent. That's right. In 1978 and 1979.
2: Right. So wow. Chris was producing at the time the, <laughs> the Alan Cable Morning Show with Lee Valsvik, and Alan was certifiably insane. Um, not in a bad way. Well, not in a bad way, because he was always cool to me. Like, he and I got along great. Um, and C- Chris was the guy that, that got me that internship, and... Um, and then three months later, his wife was running Cities ninety-seven at the time, um, Lauren, Lauren McLeish, who Chris said, "You got to hire this kid," you know, because I, I mean. I didn't really know what I was doing because yep. I didn't have much radio experience at all back then. Um, but I worked my ass off. I mean, that's that's the one thing that I really have always prided myself on. As I've always worked. I mean, you know this, Ben. I worked for you for God's sake. I've always you worked, worked with me. I worked. I for just wrote you. your schedule. Uh, but I worked my balls off, yep. and I knew that that was always going to be something. And I, you know, I proved it. And then, you know, I was hired at Cities three months later. I worked at Cities for. Four and a half years, and then I finally just said, God, I'm twenty-six years old, I'm making thirty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had this pretty serious girlfriend, now my wife at the time. I wanted to get married, I wanted to buy the house, I wanted to do all the grown up crap. And then uh I left radio and after about three years of that I went, This ain't gonna work. I miss radio. So I waited until after our wedding and then uh, I emailed uh, my boss now at Hubbard who I worked for at at Cities uh, Dan Seaman and I just said hey um, I'm just looking to kind of get back into radio part-time do you have anything knowing that at the time 1500 had the twins and he said yeah um, I got something for you yeah why don't you come and we'll chat so I went in and met with him he goes what do you think of uh, 107.1 and I'm like chick station and I went oh it's it's uh yeah it's it's great he goes you don't know a damn thing about it do you? I go nope never listened once <laughs> um but at the time he paired me with um with Colleen Cruz who I love like a sister still to this day and she was raw I mean she was really raw she had just left stand-up comedy and really wanted to you know, give this a shot because uh, she was partnering with Andrew Zimmern. Mm-hmm. Zimmern had left for the Travel Channel, yep. and so they needed someone to work with Colleen because they wanted to make her a host. And I said, "Let's hell, let's give it a shot." And I loved working with Colleen. Damn it, she was so funny, or still is funny. I don't mean yes. Yeah. So, um, and then and then I started helping out on AM, doing traffic and doing some of the pre and post game stuff for the Twins, and then uh, went over to AM full time after they got rid of our show on 107, and then uh joel brought me in the fold at gl and uh i mean i i always say this to people i just kind of forest gump my way through this thing really to get to get where i'm at now but but honestly it, none of this and i've told chris this a million times and he still denies it i would not be here today without chris hockey so, and I I tell him that all the time. So. That's awesome, especially you, you especially are- when I'm all
0: buzzed up on whiskey. I love you, man. <laughs> are you gonna, So you guys still chat? You're, you're Once still in gonna-
2: a while. I mean, you know, obviously he's got the early morning schedule, and I have the midday, and I've got two kids that I'm trying to social distance learn with, and so you know. He, and we're obviously all not as social as we were 12 months ago. So, um, but yeah, I mean, every time I run into him, we'll, we'll BS, and he, you know, he's 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 easily one of the five greatest guys in this business in our town. That's awesome. Easily, easily.
0: Charles, uh, big ups or big fuck you, buddy? To anybody. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll, I'll
1: keep this positive. All right, <laughs> and I'll I'm gonna rear back to childhood. Ooh, so shit! I had a kind of. Bumpy childhood. We didn't have much family. We didn't have much means, and you know, my parents barely spoke English. And we were three young boys with, you know, no no nearby like aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, that type of thing. And our next door neighbors were this old couple named uh, uh, the Petersons, mm. and the 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 man of the house, the husband. His name was Roger Peterson, and they were our surrogate grandparents. They basically took us under their wing and treated us like we were their grandkids. Awesome. And Roger, who passed away a couple years ago, and I found out well after the fact, which broke my fucking heart, like I had no idea until well after, uh, just because of he had been in, in a home, and my mom hadn't spoken to anyone in the family for a while, I, to this day I'm friends with uh, one of his actual grandkids. His name is Brian. He's real cool, Northeaster dude. Likes going to breweries. But I hadn't seen him in a while either. When I found out about that, it like really hit me hard because to me that was my that was my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I was a kid, if I scraped my knee, he was scooping me up. If I needed to know how to make a knot for scouts, he was showing me how. Cool. If I had to work on my jumper. He was helping me. And the dude was a, a certified boss. This guy was the That's coolest, amazing. one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. Definitely, especially being a kid, the coolest old dude I ever met. He was ex-army. Uh, he was a fireman, retired fireman. He played in the NFL before the merger. So this guy, Damn. this guy did it all. He's like, it's it's almost like a, uh, some sort of a Disney movie or something even coming up, and brushing up against this guy in my life, and I just I'll I'll never forget like the kindness that that couple treated us with, particularly like just the experiences that I had with him. There's a couple things. Like there's one particular thing he used to say all kinds of goofy shit they would get me cracking up. But one thing I'll never forget is he'd rip a fart around me and say, "Who stepped on a duck?" and yeah. it would have me in stitches
2: instantly. <laughs> that's a very like that is such band. a grandpa thing to yeah, say. Such an eighties <laughs> like an eighties
1: grandpa thing to say. But I, I always think about that too. Like just his funny little phrases like that, like who stepped on a duck? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I, I feel like uh, committing that to a recording, just giving him a tip of the cap. Like yeah, that guy was fucking awesome.
0: I, uh, I, whenever Jenny listens to this, she'll get a giggle because I love saying that I got it from my great uncle. Uh, if she's like in the bedroom reading and I'm cooking dinner, just hanging out every now and then, you know, you think it's going to be quiet and it's like a, I'd be like, babe, did you let ducks in again? What the fuck is going on? And she'll just giggle from there. Like glad I'm in the other room. (laughs) Um, I, mine is actually somewhat similar in the fact that, uh, I spent most of my youth and my twenties trying to find like male role models, just like people that would kind of teach me shit and be like, here's the path. And I never had a role model, but I had a lot of people that formed into sort of a path to show. And, um, I don't know if he'll listen to this. I hope he does. I'm going to text him and just tell him, but I had a boss, uh, My first bar management job was with Buffalo Wild Wings in 2002. Which one? Uh, I opened the Crystal Restaurant. Okay. And then they moved me to Apple Valley to be a training manager. So I was a 22-year-old training in, like, 40- and 50-year-old managers. And my GM at the time was this guy named Winston Wales. And Winston Wales was from Texas. And Winston Wales had a catchphrase for everything, right? (laughs) So he's going to tell you, hey, fuck, um, I scheduled carry and she had already requested it off and it was my fault i didn't go through like everybody's request off can you help me try and figure out like you know how to fix this and he'd just laugh and every time he'd just go you gotta remember them five p's man proper planning prevents poor performance <laughs> he was the first person that taught me have it come to jesus like i'll Okay. I need to, when, like when we get done of it, yeah, he was like at yeah. the end of the night, I need you to close down everything because I'm going to take Rachel and back. And we're going to have to come to Jesus. We can't deal with this anymore. And <laughs> I know like looking back on it, I didn't, I definitely didn't get it at the time, but looking back on it, he was really reaching out. Cause he was, I think late thirties, early forties at that point, he was reaching out to me and like trying to teach me some shit. Cause like the force was strong, but it was all the fuck over the place. Like I was still trying to be a kid, but also like not. And, um, he took me out for beers one night. It was the only time we ever hung out. And uh, I asked him, you know, like, do you do this with everybody? Or, like, it would be cool if we invited everybody. And he was like, no, then we, we can't do that. And you don't know that right now, but I'm hoping that you start to learn it. And we, were, we kept talking for a little while. We went out to the car, and he was standing across his car looking at me because I was parked next to him. And he goes, I'm going to say some words to you right now that aren't going to make sense. But someday I think they will. The higher up you go, the lonelier it gets. Professionally. Because you can do whatever you want with your personal life. Right. You can succeed or fail or do whatever the hell you want. But professionally, the farther up you go in leadership, the lonelier it is gonna get. And you have to just accept that. And I just looked at him and he goes, Have a good night, man. See you later. And <laughs> he got right. his car, he took off. And uh, it wasn't, it was at least 10 years before I really understood what he meant, and it's that if you keep treating everybody as your friend when you're also in charge of their careers, they'll find a way to try and use you, to stab you in the back, to do whatever, and it's a sad thing to realize, but it blows me away the amount of times that I think, and I can still envision him standing on top of his car with his arms on top of the car looking at me and telling me that. And I've never given him credit for it. And when I was thinking about asking you this, I was like, "Shit, I need to tell this story." And then as soon as we post this episode, I'm going to tell Winston Wales. Winston Wales from Texas. I mean, is there? Do you, a, do you still have his cell? No, uh, I want, I guess it would be Facebook Messenger. Okay, he's, he's gotcha. On, yeah, social. yeah, he's on social. We're we're still friends. We uh, I we we don't or talk as much as people think we do. We talk less. But the fact is, every now and then I'll get like a little update on what's going on with his family and, you know, all that kind of shit. But it was, that was advice that didn't necessarily help me at the time, but that absolutely helped me through as I started managing bars and then, you know, GMing, eventually ending up running a nightclub. That was the memory that I kept coming back to where, like, you can pick and choose who you want to be friends with, but if they also work for you or work with you, you have to be so much more careful. Well, thank you for not listening to that <laughs> rule as it related to our relationship. Again, I, Reavers, <laughs> I have never in my entire history of, of running bars, I have never seen anybody that worked harder to earn their place than you did. And I mean that 100% honestly. No offense to everybody else that, that has worked with me over the years. Reavers, you ran fucking circles around everybody. So I adore you.
2: Thanks, brother. Appreciate that.
0: Uh, I feel like that deserves a shot and another As you question. say, on that note,
1: let's do our next shot to... Winston Wells, Chris Hockey, and Grandpa Raj. Nice. Hell yeah!
2: Here, here.
0: Winston Wells from Texas. Winston Wells from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I said Wells. Why are you living Winston in Wales? In w- no, it's it's W E L L S. Oh, it's okay. It's just but the it's, pronunciation. But it's got Wales. Me, so I got it right.
1: It's like, I'm going to make sure I get. To, I know. Chris, oh, I love. I know the, Chris best Hockey, part, obviously, the best part. The best
0: part is. <laughs> he's going to listen to this and the only thing he's going to message me back is i don't fucking sound like that. <laughs> but it's but got it, it wrong. It's you been Winston it in it's show business. That's Win- what we do here. Also, i have a track record of doing poor accents. To Winston's so we we'll credit fine. the accent changed like four times. Yeah, of course. It, of course it did. Of course it did. Proper planning prevents poor performance. I just remember he like the fingers are in your face as he does all five. Yeah. And it's beautiful. That's well, I'm his thinking. name's an alliteration, so he may as well use. It's the like, best. Yeah. Tons of them for all his life lessons. <laughs>
1: the king of alliteration. There it is. All right, Mr. Reavers. Yes, sir. Name a time you got in trouble for something, and it wasn't your fault. Oh
2: my God! Which one do you want me to pick? We said I'm the earlier. oldest brother. I'm the oldest brother of four. Oh boy. Uh, and, but you know what? I was all. Well, no, I want to think of something good though. Uh, okay, <clears throat> as the oldest brother of four, I was kind of, and I've always been this way, just ask my wife, the overprotective type. I've always been that way with close friends, with siblings, with, I mean, my poor sister. Oh, God, she, she's the baby, and she's like, stop, I'm fine. Um, so I was moving, I was either, was I moving out of Mankato? No, uh, we were moving from one apartment to another in Mankato. This would have been about 2002-ish, 2001, 2002-ish. And I had to borrow my dad's Suburban. And uh, so I'm driving it from Faribault, Minnesota, my hometown, to Mankato, which is about an hour drive. And it was snowing to beat hell. And uh, so I'm, I'm driving the Suburban to go load up a bunch of my stuff. You know, your college apartment, you know, your room is just full of nonsense. Got my Vikings poster and a bunch of tubs full of clothes and crap so uh I remember I think I hit a snowbank but I'm not sure and this was a suburban that was probably 10 years old but my dad treated it like it was six months old like it was his baby you know and so the front end radiator had cracked and I don't think I could have possibly damaged it just just pulling into so I'm convinced one of my roommates took it for a joy or went down to the bar or whatever. I'm convinced yeah. of it to this day that that <laughs> happened because... I've always been a really good driver. Like, it, my dad was a cop, for God's sake. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't go 32 and a 30 in Faribault and wasn't going to hear about it the next day. And that, that's a, that's the misleading thing about He wasn't about, even with you either. Well, but that's just it. Like,
0: everybody thought, well, your dad's a cop. You get
2: away with everything. It's the opposite. It the opposite, for sure. Because every cop knows, oh, well, there goes Fran's kid. He's yeah. going 33 and a thinks 30 again. He thinks he can do whatever he wants. Jesus, it was just the opposite. So I was always like, nope, we got to go 54 here in a 50. You know, I, I was always. Uh, that was always in my mind, but I'm convinced it was either Ross or Pete, one of my two, one of my two roommates, that took it joy ride to go meet some chick or whatever.
1: So this is this is the last question, but the fuck you portion. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. You're just Here we go. Well, yeah, the fuck, fuck you, buddy.
2: <laughs> but I was still in, I was at both their weddings, so I guess I can't really say. It's kind F- of a you. casual <laughs> right, fuck you, man. right? Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Though. But uh, ah, it was you. either that. But God, there was a <laughs> million of them growing up. I mean, we we grew up in a smaller house and in you know Faribault and I always took the blame you know just because whatever I'm the oldest I guess that's supposed to be my role in this family um but yeah it was definitely that one because I know I didn't do anything to that and he still he still this was right 20 years ago yep. and he still brings it up he still does I know you did because he still has a suburban it's he's had it for for he's had it for about 25 years right he bought it brand new. He's just, had, and it's got there's eighty thousand miles. Nothing more never,
0: perfect than the fact that he still has that. Kind of, oh, he does, and he'll go. Well, yeah, be be, it would be in better shape if you hadn't. Uh, okay. Probably man. get another ten years out of it if you wouldn't fucked up the radiator. I go, Dad,
2: you've owned it for twenty five years, and you don't even have a hundred thousand miles on the damn thing. Oh man. Oh my God. So yeah, that's 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 probably at the first one that comes to mind because I did not oh, do anything great. wrong. And trust me. I've done plenty of shit where I should have been, you know, caught or in trouble for, but that was not one of them. That was definitely not one of
0: them. Oh my God. The 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 dad car thing is so perfect. There's nothing better. And the fact that he's a cop too, like that's just that's primo Yeah.
1: I had had,
0: Charles, I had a tough time thinking about this one because You said you had options though. Well, I have options, (laughs) but most of the things I did, it was like what level of it was I a part of? I either got away with everything or I got caught and then I'd be like yeah I did that. <laughs> like, I I freely admit I I've done a lot yep, of dumb that shit. Yep, that was me. <laughs> right. The the one that stuck out to me though when I thought about it like there's there's some capers that I've pulled off or some pranks that I've pulled off. Where I didn't get caught for it, and then somebody else did something similar, and I got blamed. But I think a, a better a better story is in a roundabout uh, way that means you got caught because they know you're notorious for it. Well, that's those the thing. But it's like, but I but if there's no we consequences, didn't catch you last time,
1: so let's pin this shit on. So,
0: bringing it back to uh, to the ownership of PNA Hall and why we're here is a good friend of mine named Jaron Turley, who is a minority partner here, and Jaron and I went to high school together. We met the first day of high school, and Jaron and I. Uh, we looked like a hilarious tag team duo, especially before he hit puberty this is true. because I was like six foot three in high school and he was like five foot two, uh, and I was a bigger guy, and he is like a little fella, but we were we were as thick as thieves and um, I joined choir halfway through sophomore year, I think, and we instantly had this little group of like four of us that were all about like we 'll sing the songs we 'll do the things. But when the choir director is like blathering on, we're gonna like fuck off and have fun because That's we're good. surrounded by fifty gorgeous women.
1: Sure, it's, it's a scary, uh, scary little gang name too—the Choir Boys. The Choir Boys, <laughs> <laughs> don't mess with them. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, it's ironic. <laughs> so it, it built and built and built, and Jaron was—he still to this day has a beautiful singing voice. And our friend Randy Larson, beautiful singing voice. Our friend Josh, beautiful singing voice. I was a bass. I could sing, but it's not beautiful, but I can hit the notes. I'm in tune, whatever. I think because they were all better singers than me, like the scorn of our choir director was on me because she knew that if she could kick me out of choir, (laughs) it's fine. Like nothing is going to change. There's just one less bass. (laughs) This motherfucker is never going to have a solo. This dude's never going to do anything cool where everybody's like, oh, look at Ben." The other three absolutely could. Like, all of them could have done some pretty incredible shit.
1: I guess I'll go play football.
0: So we are, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we're uh, senior year. All of this anger has built up. And in parent-teacher conferences, she um, told my mom that I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, and that's why my voice sounds like this. Turns out I had literally never had a cigarette in my life at that point. It's because I have a really fucked up multiple times broken nose, and everything goes down the back of my throat, which is really harsh on your vocal cords. She accused me of like coming in drunk because literally I woke up late and just drove straight to school. I still didn't drink at that point. She just kept trying to find like a thing that she could catch me on thinking that I was a really bad kid. And honestly, I just loved being a class clown because I was fucking bored. So we were building up to this. We took this uh, spring break, senior year. They took us on a choir tour in Europe. And as we were getting ready to like go, she pulled me, Jaren, randy and josh into her office and she had drawn up a separate list of rules that we had to follow (laughs) we had to sign and the penalty of breaking any of these rules was that our parents had to pay for us to fly home from europe Uh so it was no girls in our hotel room no drinking no tobacco no like slap-assery. Like, it was just a... Like, after the first three, it was really like you're reaching because she was trying to get, I think, 10 bullet points. And it was a lot of vague shit. Okay, so maybe she was trying to pin you. Like, and she was she for sure. She wanted nothing more than to get my ass sent home from okay. Europe and have a, a reason for it. Okay. No, now this is the FU segment. Yeah, yeah dude, I yeah. was going to say. Another one. So... <laughs> <laughs> we've been done for 20 minutes, dude. <laughs> so... No, no, but this is, this is where I got... Like, I got blamed. Okay. Was... um. At one point, we had a hotel room with three twin beds, so Josh and Jaren and I were in one hotel room, and Josh had bought a bottle of absolute vodka. Oh no! And we had all had plenty to drink, and we had gotten a little bit loud, and so we hid the bottle under the mattress, or Josh hid the bottle under the mattress, and I looked at him and I was like, "Hey, dumb fuck." If your parents walked in right now and were looking for something that you hid, where's the first place they'd look? Every single parent looks under the mattress first, if you have a boy. Right. (laughs) Ladies, if you don't understand that joke, that's fine. So Josh hops up, opens the window. We're on the eighth floor of the hotel and just hucks the fucking bottle out the window and shuts it. Obviously, very loud smash. There's a hotel across the street from us. Lights just start coming on because it's late at night. Everybody's trying to figure this shit out. And for the rest of the trip, she kept, like, looking at me like, I know what you did. I know you threw that bottle. (laughs) And I was like, I didn't do anything. But... Could have been anyone from any window. And she knew it was you. But she knew it was me. (laughs) Because, honestly, I would have done that. Right. It wasn't (laughs) my bed that the bottle was under. That said, I probably would have done it. But... Uh, what I did as my fuck you back. This is my fuck you, buddy. I hadn't even thought about this till right now. But Jaren will confirm this. We so did um, she pin you with that or no? Never could okay. because I just kept saying like I don't know why you think I, I would on the have G-MIC done that. Thinking you were nope. going to have to pay your way home. Nope. <laughs> uh, we we almost got busted there and uh, and one other time. But other than that, we made it through. But we decided the last two days to break every single rule that she gave us because we're out on the home stretch at that point. And so we took a picture of us breaking every single rule. <laughs> Perfect timing. And as, as, we, uh, as we got our diplomas, because, you know, you go through graduation, but they don't give you your diploma at graduation. They mail that to you later just to make sure there's nothing else they can get you on. Right. After we all had our diplomas, we sent an envelope with the pictures to her office. <laughs> Just to prove to her.
1: Technically, you signed a contract that meant you had to reimburse the return fee for but, your
0: flight. But we never got sent back because we, we, <laughs> we also had to pay for all of our flights to go there and back. So all of the money came from us anyway. So she sure. couldn't do anything. Okay. Okay. So I just because she tried to pin that shit on me, I just let her know we broke every one of your fucking rules. But the thing you tried to stick with me? Mm-mm.
2: Didn't happen. Not me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Sandra Munson, but you didn't catch me.
2: Yeah, Miss Munson.
1: <laughs> those were yeah, those were both answers that landed in the FU category. Yeah.
0: But it was because I did in fact get blamed for something that I didn't but do.
1: That's the way it works though, yeah. is someone has to erroneously blame you for something that you did not do. So give <laughs> me a good one. Yeah, and, mine's like a mine's like a true story, like a like a hardcore like crime story. Yes. So this police officer in Columbia Heights, where I went to high school for most of my high school uh, tenure, was actually uh, the father of a student that I was friends with. One day, he comes knocking on my mom's door. This is, I was probably, I had to have been 17 at the time. Comes knocking on my mom's door. I'm not there. And says, hey, uh, I need to speak to your son. I was a rabble rouser when I was a kid. My mom probably wasn't terribly surprised, but was like, what the fuck? So I come home. My mom says to me, yeah, this officer from the Columbia Heights Police Department showed up and said that you are wanted for questioning in connection with a car being broken into in an alley on, I think it was 40, just off of like 42nd and University And a bunch of CDs were stolen. That's how old I am. (laughs) So I was like, what the fuck? Like, no? She says, yeah, they said, like, an eyewitness saw your car. I'm like, no. And she says, he told me that it was an Acura Integra LS with a headlight out, which my car is. (laughs) And I was like, dude, absolutely not. She says, he said it happened on Thursday. So I was like, oh, man, like wrecking my brain. What was I doing on Thursday? So on Thursdays, and this shows what a fucking knucklehead I was when I was a kid. On Thursdays, we would go to the bowling alley. Mady's Bowling Lounge is now closed. It's now defunct. It doesn't matter. I can say this. We used that to get hammered was, and bowl same on here. Thursday nights. I drank underage you there, did, too. It yeah. was awesome. When I was 17, we would drink kamikazes and pitchers of shitty beer. I
0: ordered a pitcher of beer and a round of shots at 18 years old and didn't even get asked for my ID. We probably, yeah, we probably, we're probably at the same time. Yeah. Remember Dale? Remember the
1: bartender? Absolutely. Dale, Dale was amazing. Yeah. He knew we were 21.
0: We were fucking children. We drove 20 minutes just to get there because it was nowhere really? near us. But yeah, no, one I lived, of our friends uh, knew I lived they- a mile away. Yeah.
1: I lived a mile away. So anyways, I was like, okay, Thursdays, I'm always at And this was like two weeks after the fact. I'm like Thursday. I'm always at matey's. Like, I need an, (laughs) this is the first time in my life at 17, like, I need an alibi, right? I'm trying to think, like, (laughs) I'm racking my brain, like, who could say where I was? Here's the other thing that's fucked up. I deduced that the alley in which a car was broken into was the alley where one of my best friends in high school lived. His name was Matt. He lived literally four houses away. I used to park in that driveway all the time. So I was like, dude, they're going to pin me with this shit. I lucked out big time. You know how I lucked out? That evening, Dale, it turns out.
2: Dale stepped up and said, no, I've been serving him for years. No, because I don't even know if that, I, prob- I could have still went,
1: I could have still got charged, I guess, yeah. if it was just uh, about, like, that type of a uh, uh, situation sure. where I needed someone to say where I was. Yeah, yeah. I had something even better, because I fucked up and locked my keys in my running car in front of my friend's house that night. Awesome. And had to call AAA. So there was a AAA report that they came out to get my keys out of my car for me at the time that they said that this occurred.
0: Holy shit.
1: Like that's you couldn't have better better and worse luck. Yeah. than that. Right. Worse luck for A locking your fucking keys in your car like a donkey. B getting charged for or at least like being accused of something yeah. that you clearly didn't fucking do. I was like, how could that be me? Like, yeah, there are other because I was like there's other Acura Integra LSs in I guess the the smoking gun was the fucking headlight being out, and it was super close to my buddy's house. I don't even know if they put that part together. But That's I took amazing. that AAA wow. printout Boom. of of me being far away from the location of where this occurred at the exact time that they said it occurred, and I walked in there like uh, like Conor McGregor into the police station, wagging my arms, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, motherfucker! <laughs> and they were like, "Okay, sorry, dude." <laughs> I'm like, you know, I don't think they like seriously. At the time, I thought like they were pinning me, but well, I think you're every, seventeen. Of it course, it made you too can. much sense. Yeah. It made too much sense. Almost, yep. I was like, I had flop sweat. I was like, dude, if I was just sitting on the couch, that would be. I, I probably would have gone to court for that. And what do you say? You know. Uh, you know, I, a young brown kid, too. It's possible yeah. that have has been like,
0: well, charge him with it, throw him in juvie, he'll learn a lesson. Well, but
1: I didn't fucking do it. Minnesota already notorious.
0: <laughs> that neighborhood also incredibly notorious for targeting brown people, I'm just going to say. Yeah, I
1: mean, at the time, you know, this is uh, this is 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, quite frankly, there were just not a lot of brown people exactly. around. I was, I was actually treated very normally nice. going to high school and, and in that area, which is interesting because when I went to high school at Heights... I was told that, you know, ah, people try to fuck with you because you're not white. And I was like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, that, that didn't end up bearing any truth. Well, a, lot of, a lot of Hmong kids. Like, that, was, sure. that was when there was a lot of um, an influx of uh, Hmong population in the state of Minnesota. So Heights was like 30% Hmong, 70% white, and then 0. .0001% me.
0: <laughs> I just remember... There, there, there was a dude uh, that used to bowl next to us. He was always there same night. There was there was one night where there was a pitcher special at the bowling alley. I can't remember what night it was. Thursday night. Thursday night. Was it th- okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was they, Thursday night. And in
1: those, dude, in those days, you know what a pitcher special was? Instead of six bucks, it was like three yeah, twenty
0: five. <laughs> and I honestly would still have to do math to make sure I had enough money to go do that. Like, that's that was oh, the era back to the, the sandwich players, right? but uh, yeah many, exactly how you're many right. how many pitchers would you yes, need yes exactly
2: could you've <laughs> got for that one <laughs> a sandwich? single you, fucking on 325 pitcher <laughs> night you would need 19 20, <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20 pitchers 19 it would have been 31 or, yeah, <laughs> right yeah <laughs> or 20, you're right 21 pitchers
0: so so uh, there was a guy that used to bowl next to us named Andre and i remember one time there was like some shit going down and I looked over at him, like, because we were both bigger guys. Like, should we go in there and separate? And he goes, nah, man, I'm colored in this neighborhood. I don't fuck with anything. Wow. And I just, it was like, I hadn't even thought about that. But then I was like, okay, well, I'm also not going to go in by myself right now. Right, so right exactly. I'll, I'll just go here and sit with you. We'll and chill. Say, yeah, I understand you, sir.
1: <laughs> that might have been just, like, a general notion of being in a suburb. But yeah. at the time, it was, like, close enough to Northeast that, I never felt that way that's when I was awesome. a teenager. It was great.
0: That yeah. was an era that I missed in the city. I was gone from, we moved to the suburbs in 94, and then I moved back to the cities in 2000. So that little jump, I kind of missed, but there's there's still some, some licks of it in Northeast, I guess. But that's that's awesome that that didn't factor into it. It was just a really awkward, like, I cops mean, trying when, to fuck when with a punk-ass but, you 17-year-old. You know, yeah, when that happened, and who
1: knows, because like I said, I was a bit of a troublemaker when I was younger, what? but high school troublemaking for me was like smoking pot and going to parties and yeah. stuff. And then, you know, getting an, an occasional scrap, but it wasn't like doing anything. I wasn't like spray graffiti or something. So it wasn't like there was a due cause for the police department to have an issue with me. It just so happened that I think everything aligned. And then of course there was a kernel of me thinking like, okay, well I'm one of the only brown kids that, Columbia Heights does that have something to do with (laughs) it however I will say to the credit of the officer he was a black officer so that probably
0: didn't have any bearing I uh again I was guilty of most of the things that I was accused of I I had to struggle to find something that I definitely wasn't (laughs) guilty of uh and I got in my early 20s one of the most cathartic moments in my life was I got to have beers with my high school principal in my early 20s at Hops Food and Brewery in Maple Grove. No way. And I got to tell him to his face that everything that he accused me of and everything he thought I might have done, I 100% did. did. And he goes, This is still top five favorite compliments I've ever gotten. He goes, Do you have any idea how hard it was to scream at you? When it was really funny, the shit that you did. <laughs> and I was like,
1: yes! So how, how long after you were
0: it was I was 22, so it was, it was five years, years after high 45. school.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's actually like you, you had to know he was cool because that's still within the statute of limitations.
0: I had always thought he was cool. You know what I mean? Like,
1: depending on who the person is, you have to oh, yeah. admit something to. Yep. Like if it's he a family would, member, yep. if, especially if it's your parents, your parents, you got to wait 10 to 15 years. Maybe yep. 20, depending on the offense. Yep. Like, the thing with the car, my mom's never heard this. She listens to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, mom, I stole your fucking car one day, and I hit the car in the driveway with your car, and I still went to the party. But we love you, mom. <laughs> she knows what I'm talking about, too. I'm admitting that on the air. You know, that was when I was, like, 16, so yeah. now we're talking 20, 23 years later.
0: <laughs> when we were in high school, like, even when he yelled at me, I felt bad, not because I was getting yelled at, but because I... I wanted him to think I was cool. He had a real, like, uh, like Bill Clinton vibe about him. Like, he was pretty cool with everything. Sure. And he was, like, Silver Fox handsome. And he would, like, smooth. He, he could do, he was yeah. very smooth. And he could, like, when we he was talking. He get
2: you. And when, yeah, and when he
0: was talking <laughs> to students, like, he knew how to slip in a little vernacular and, like, how to be relevant and not make it seem like, hello, fellow teenagers, what is going on? That's right. uh, but then when he would, like, when he would yell, you felt worse. Because he was actually a pretty cool principal. And then you were like, oh, shit, I let him down. And then five years go by and we're we're sitting at the bar and we're talking. And he was, like, recalling shit that I did. And I was like, I am so honored that, like, I made it into the pantheon of stupid shit that you remember. Because that's the mark right there. Not only do you remember it, but you thought it was funny, but you still had to punish me for it. That's it. I love that. Okay. And he d- De Niro'd you. He did the bass face De Niro. Absolutely. He bass-faced the fuck out of me. So I went back wrong. to speak at wrong. my high school,
2: um, and the same guidance counselor, uh, my our, our principal had passed away. Hold on. Away. Clarify
0: To a class or to, like, the whole school?
2: To, to a large section of yeah! of, the, of the senior class, like— Hey, I'm the radio guy. Here's here's how if you want to go. That's on
0: my bucket list. Yeah, I'm going
2: to make it happen. It it, it was cool, but I remember my guidance counselor going. I knew. I'm like, what are you talking about, Mr. Bowman? He goes, I knew this is what you were going to end up doing because you would never shut up. (laughs) You know, in (laughs) class. I mean, in a good. I mean, I was a nerd. You know, I wasn't. I didn't drink in high school. I wasn't really a troublemaker. I was the nerd. That drove kids home from the party, you know, because I didn't drink. Okay. Um, But but he he just said, I knew this is what you were going to do. You were also a jock, though.
0: Right. You, yeah. you you were like a nerd nerd. Well, were, right, but you I, were just pretty yeah. pretty straight line at that yeah, point. Yeah. That, that that's a good that's a better straight explanation. Lace. Yeah. And yeah. so but
2: he he did he did the same thing. He's like, "I knew this is what you were going to do." He said when you when you told me you were going to school for accounting, I laughed. Like there is no <laughs> chance you're going to sit at a desk <laughs> for, you know, for 30
0: years like I said earlier, but it, yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh man. Yeah, you pegged. Well, uh I think let's it's time for oh, another. Oh, wait, I got to. Yeah, there it you over. go. Oh, I love uh, i'm gonna hold Thank off you. one more because this... you got any beers for me oh yeah absolutely sorry
2: I'm a mom. here i can has here I'll, i will pass the buck over to
0: mosh hey all right Hey-o. oh it's fantastic i haven't
1: me? had one of these in a while and knowing that it's
0: going away actually i'm happy you brought it there will be don't for anybody that just heard that don't freak out there will be a new uh really really delicious and juicy uh it's called mapping the multiverse That'll be the next hazy coming out from us.
2: What's the double hazy? Is it rocket surgery?
0: Rocket surgery is a, a hazy pale ale. Okay. So that's it. a little lower in ABV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Really, that one's really, really good too. Oh, I love that beer. Yeah, that's super bright and citrusy. I just thought if we were going to be kind of sipping on these for the oh. f- in place of shots, Mosh pit's this would be my jam. I love Mosh pit. <laughs> um, so the funny part is, you kind of stepped on on the touchdown call because your who needs a big ups actually answered the next question I was going to ask. Which was, like, how did uh, an ace pitcher accounting student end up in radio? <laughs> um, so, honestly, the, the other question that I had that I, I tossed out, actually, I think it's pretty relevant. Um, you are incredible in your knowledge of sports. You're, okay. like, no, no, no. I, like, I can talk to you about, uh, m- like, minutia shit. And yeah. we've talked about on this podcast your devotion to stats and analytics for draft stuff and, and whatever with football. Yeah, my, my dog was playing in the yard with my neighbors dog yesterday, and he was
1: literally quizzing me on stats for PFF because I have a pro membership and I'm semi-photographic. So, like, I was like, reading all the stats of uh, Justin Jefferson's rating and, you know, how he was just behind Devontae Adams and, like, particular stats. So, yeah, I obsess over that
0: shit. And I'm, I'm the guy who, if you tell me there's a competition... I'll just pick a side and I'm cheering for it. I don't even know if I, if I don't know the rules. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I will watch I need to have a anything. rooting interest. Yeah. Like a gambler's <laughs> mentality? Like you'll, you'll C- like run with a horse? Not necessarily. I'm just okay. fascinated by human competition. I love football okay. the most because the equation of 11 on 11 looks like a math equation to me when they're running the routes. And I think it's really beautiful when you can watch like a All-22 film. And I'm starting and... to learn that about soccer and hockey. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I I understand baseball but it's a whole lot of like one person versus one person with everybody else helping. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just not quite I love baseball but it's the equation part of it isn't there for me. But we live in a country that celebrates cinema that celebrates the big story, that celebrates the underdog. I want to ask you unequivocally, what is the best sports movie of all time to you? Not the greatest. I'm saying the best movie or your, your favorite. favorite.
2: Okay. God. Dude, is the best to you. Um <laughs> Okay, I have I have
0: three. It's all right, and you no. could you could say here's the, the list in no order, but you, you gotta nail it down, you gotta tell me why. Okay, it matters to you. So here's here's 3, but I'll 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 probably choose
2: one at the end that is my favorite. Absolutely. Okay. Uh obviously Feel the Dreams. I know it's corny. I know it's corny. I know it's corny. It's okay. Corny's good. Yeah. But I'm a dad now.
0: Yeah. And yeah. also can we just take a step back and like nations and states getting passionate over teams that they don't influence? Also corny. Like right. the idea of being a fan is inherently well, corny. You're cheering for laundry. Right. I yes, mean, you're I for. like that color <laughs> but, but, but that's yeah. okay Because but I'm, in for, I'm and, into
2: it And the thing that's cool is You always attach Whether it's music, a movie You attach when that came out To where you were at in life At that particular time And when that movie came out, what, 27 years ago? Isn't that gross is that, Does that sound right? Because yeah. Yeah. I remember the 25th anniversary It was a 93 years ago on, on MLB Network yeah. And I mean, I was a kid Back then, I was like, oh, this is... And it's kind of here. It's in Iowa. So it's kind of like we can almost uh, uh, claim it to be ours. But then my wife, who is from Iowa, uh, West Branch, Iowa, uh, go Cougars. What site? So (laughs) we went down there to go visit family. And I said, babe, we got to take the boys to the Field of Dreams movie site. And, of course, my brother-in-law goes... Oh my God, you would, you know, like as in, as in like I'm a lifelong Iowa resident, you know, cause he loves giving me crap and he's a great true. dude. And he goes, Oh my God, you would. Cause they lived about <laughs> maybe, maybe 45 minutes away.
0: Here's an idea. Iowa make more shit that we want to go there for. <laughs> right? And then maybe we won't all go there for field of dreams. And
2: so and it's so all a field of dreams. We, <laughs> exactly. we, we pack them up, pack up the boys. We make the long drive up there after we had spent, you know five hours in the car getting down there the the day before my oldest son who at the time couldn't have been four years old and I bring the gloves and I say hey buddy you want to have a catch and he looks at me and he goes nah
0: I want to play in the dirt I want to play in the dirt I went awesome <laughs> oh will you please tell that story at his graduation party oh that's oh, fucking that, is,
2: oh, that's that his <laughs> wedding Man. everything oh my god absolutely and i just thought you know what i'm almost glad he said that instead of the other way around yeah um and then when miracle came out yeah i mean oh. uh, as a lifelong hockey fan which by the way i don't know if you guys know this about me hockey and i divorced. In 1993, I swore off oh. hockey when the North Stars left because I are I the same. I said, "Bleep you! I'm done with hockey," and that's when baseball had it really kind of taken over. And because I had played baseball, I never played hockey, but I love hockey. And then the Wild weren't really my team, but then they, and now my kids are into hockey, so now I'm you know anyway. Okay, so, so you circled back around, but miracle, Good and signing. it's so well done. And here's why I love it the most, because mm-hmm. when it first was announced that Kurt Russell was going to play her books, I went. Are you bleeping kidding me? <laughs> and he was brilliant mm-hmm. in that role. And I and I doubted it and that's why it, he so blew away my expectations for him in that movie. And the the attention to detail yeah. in that movie. Uh, I mean, they even had certain things about fan interaction with the players. They nailed it. Um and that was great. And I we had Mike Irruzioni on uh the day of the 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 thirtieth anniversary oh, sure. of the Lake Placid win, and uh, he was talking about how. And we, I asked him about the movie, and he said they nailed it. They nailed everything. He said they they had talked to a lot of us, and uh, it was great. And he said we all were kind of skeptical about Kurt playing Herb, but he nailed him. But my. Probably, what is going to be my number one favorite sports movie of all time is the very first, not the second, but the first major league dude because come on <laughs> i mean the the way that you could that you were able to perfectly describe baseball in Cleveland for the better part of six decades but i'm you know i'm a humor guy and, and they, I, I, just all the little things about how. Guys are with each other in the dugout, and you know, guys sleeping with another player's wife, and just all this crap. Where, and of course, you have Bob Eucher as your PA. Did, and I, I mean, that's the most underrated aspect of that movie. That's the best he, part of the movie. He nails everything where by
0: playing himself. By yeah. being himself. everyone else in that movie is a fucking cartoon character. Yes, and Bob Euchre plays himself just freely drinking on camera but yeah. other than that spectacular his outfits his demeanor his everything. calls everything is exactly how he called it and ladies and gentlemen if you have
2: not ever seen bob Euchre's hall of fame induction speech go to youtube wait till this episode is done of course <laughs> go to youtube and watch it because the brilliance of it the humor the intelligence everything about it do you know what was on his note card when he was when he walked up to the podium I, I, I know I've heard this I weirdly too. just it got just chilled said relax fuck he off he did everything off the top of his head he I didn't think write most people
1: s- should carry a card that says relax yeah. in any just situation right? yeah
2: and and he just that's <laughs> all he did oh. I mean, he the part where he was talking about That's right no, I've never heard that his famed run as a oh what was the team he played for for one year was it the Braves I can't remember he said, "Oh, my epic run with the Braves. I'm just using, I don't know if yeah. that was a team, but I, I think. And he he had like six at bats.
0: You know, he, he he barely played. He outplayed Moonlight Graham, and that's it.
2: Yeah, and it, it was like a lot had, of sunflower seeds. Here you have in the background, you have Eddie Murray, one of the most <laughs> stoic, you know, like tough guys yep. ever, and he is in tears, laughing so hard at Bob Uecker's oh. Hall of Fame speech. It's it's about." 10, 15 minutes long. It's so worth it. I Break watch it one once, seeds. once a year. It's just so good. It's so good. Yeah, beautiful. It's got to be Major League. I love it. Uh, that was a long answer so I apologize, no, no. but yeah. Dude, you know, that, that's why I, 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 was, I was
0: scrambling because it was like, okay, question two is literally the same answer as question one. What do yeah. I do? But this is something that I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks and been thinking about. And honestly, like having you working with yeah. a background in sports radio and you with such an incredibly analytical mind. Now, Charles, I want to know what your best Personally, favorite. I want to
1: say, why are football movies so bad?
2: Because th- football really right. tough to pull I mean, even. Draft day,
1: w- f- Draft day was fucking awful. We talked about that It was <sighs> terrible. A couple uh, episodes ago, too, because. Of Save how, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. How moved I was by his capabilities as an actor mm-hmm. that he was able to play the role of this pass rushing linebacker and was just malleable in that role but there's a lot of great actors in that movie and it was just, just it, was bad. Bad. It, it just felt bad it, it, it felt cringy it felt forced yeah it felt like it felt they like... wanted to they wanted to embody what a what a football executive is where they could have just acted like they could have told them act like you're in the stock market hmm? you know act what like though?
2: a I agree with you, primarily in football movies. The only one, though, and I watch oddly enough, I watched this like less than a week ago. Friday Night Lights. Sure, yeah. that is that is pretty damn good.
1: I would say there have been movies with high school that have been effective, correct? But the higher up you go, the worse it gets. So yeah, oh yeah. I don't know why NFL doesn't try to like license and Marvelize this thing because we all know
2: NFL loves motherfucking money. Oh yeah.
1: I don't know why they can't get this figured out. Hey, like, they're a nonprofit,
0: guys. Let's let's just ease well, off wait on the non what, what
2: about the uh, Mark Wahlberg one? Now I'm, no, I'm taking up your time. I'm sorry. Uh, what's the Mark Wahlberg one? It's uh,
0: it's one. Invincible? Invincible. There you go.
2: Where he's the walk-on guy that gets a tryout I mean, at Eagles camp?
0: It's fun to watch. That one's it,
2: okay. It's, no. The Replacements is fun. Yeah, the Replacements. It's there's there's a lot watch. of fun. There's a lot of fun. but but funny people in it's not real it.
0: about football. Like, that's not how...
2: What did, was it Vince papali Was that the player yep. name well, That was a real story. It was though. a real
0: story, but that's like saying Rudy was real.
2: <laughs> uh, sorry, Rudy <laughs> wasn't bad. Yeah, Rudy
0: <laughs> ranks too, but I'm just
1: saying, like on the whole, yeah, they're mostly right. fucking terrible. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So one of my answers, and again, like we always say, that on any given day you can answer these questions in a different way. I didn't know this question was coming, so I kind of scrambled a little bit thinking about this. Miracle, of course, ranks very high for oh, me. Yeah that's especially you know this podcast derives from the state of Minnesota it's very important to us in a multitude of ways but i also really really love uh the bo- i love boxing movies okay pugilism and like the squared circle that's that stuff like boxing movies are historically mm-hmm. uh blow by blow pun intended the best i think films in uh sports mm-hmm. they're probably pretty difficult to capture, but it lets cinematographers shine like catching boxing. For sure. So things like, I mean, just go down the list, you know, Raging Bull and Cinderella Man. Rocky? Um, The Rocky movies. Yeah, I think, again, with uh, the notion of any given day, bearing in mind, the Creed movies are fucking fantastic, and I don't think they get enough credit. Couldn't agree more. Some of the best Rocky movies, Mm -hmm. Uh, Creed... Creed two is like hair raising mm-hmm. like that watching that made like the hair on my arms rise up. it just mm-hmm. made me feel so energized uh, Those movies are unbelievable, and obviously you can rear back to the early Rockies, everyone knows them, everyone knows the lines uh Adrian running the steps like that stuff that those are hallmarks of sports films that you don 't really see in but it's a remarkable lot of
0: other sports it's remarkable how many people forget that Rocky lost in the first one. Like that's, yeah. that's creed huge, Krenita's,
1: even though it was, they did the star Wars thing. Yeah. Uh, where they, where they replicated of that course, uh, it, it ended up being an effective yeah. method for the series where it, it shows that you, I mean, you can do a series about a boxer who can never lose, but that's not interesting. Mm because this idea of being beaten and then and then rising up you know it's it's the number of times you get up, up not the number of times you get knocked down mm-hmm. that's why movies like that are so moving is you're like physically being knocked down not just falling on your ass
0: plus goldberg already did it better no nobody can be undefeated like goldberg sorry that's a okay. completely separate <laughs> wrestling reference but <laughs> no and in pro wrestling it's fun to watch someone go on a streak but in a
1: movie about yeah. boxing you want to see someone who can Pick themselves up by their bootstraps, and those movies are are fantastic at that. Even like Cinderella Man, you know, yeah. it takes place during the Depression. Like there's there was so much that uh, the, the the main character had to go through. I don't remember all the particulars, but to overcome not being booked and and all the the minutia of rising up through the ranks and trying to make some money. So that's I think those are the most moving movies for me. But I would say, yeah today Creed 2 and I I've only seen it the one time in the theater and I would like to see it again because it's been I don't know what it came out 3 year, 3 yeah. years ago 2 3, years, three ago, years ago something like that. It was yeah.
0: right it was right before yeah. Black Panther wasn't it? Cuz was cuz yeah. he was on the same training regiment yeah. for both oh, okay. which is why again that makes sense. Sure. Michael B Jordan looked so fucking unhuman in like how beautiful <laughs> he, he was.
2: He looked like another species. Oh my god, like like, like that's what child. humanity yeah, could yeah.
0: aspire to be <laughs> right. if we really <laughs> tried hard, you know? <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, he's like, How, what other roles can
1: I get for being like working this hard to look like this? You guys got anything? Like, here, let me right. chain them together.
0: Exactly. Let's keep it going a little bit, a little yeah. bit longer.
1: Play a cyborg or something.
0: Um, I uh, again, just in in thinking about this off the dome like I loved Rudy when I was a kid but Rudy is literally a formula that Hollywood just plugged in oh, yeah. to work like at you could just call out every stereotype that Hollywood has ever tried to push into a movie and it just works perfectly on the frame of Rudy Miracle is the same way but they actually got it right I'm I know that the way that Miracle is set up because the story the actual real life story is set up to make you have hair stand up and tears in your eyes like that's that's a thing that actually happened and that story is actually unbelievable like the fact that a kid got on at Notre Dame and made a single play cool I mean it's it's fun but to me that's like a fictional story that they wrote really well Miracle is like legit but I still understand that the way that they built that movie it's built to emotionally manipulate me just like you know obviously just like they all are. I mean, but if
2: miracle hadn't happened, it would have been okay. This is Hollywood.
0: Just yeah, just exactly. Doing, yeah, yeah, if you take yeah. the real story yeah. out of it. Yep. Um, Field of Dreams uh, is. I, I kind of thought at some point that this would come up, but like Field of Dreams is, I think, the only movie on Earth that can get me to cry if I just see it. Like, yeah, uh, my shit with my dad and he got into an accident when i was like 15 and he ended up losing a bunch of feeling in his hand and so we couldn't play catch anymore oh man and it was the year that that movie came out oh man and uh i was djing this is real talk here i i actually uh, whatever real talk i was djing at a club and it was on the tv and the can we have a catch dad scene came on (laughs) and i'm standing in the there's no sound like i'm literally playing like fucking yeah by usher and i'm looking over my shoulder watching it happen and literally just so you guys know like as i'm telling this story i'm literally wiping a tear out of my eye as i'm saying this because i'm so embarrassed but also this is fucking real i watch them have that like can we have a cat there's not even sometimes i laugh but the usher thing yeah but like but that's yeah, the thing is like yeah, think, yeah, think about the next yeah. time you, next time field of dreams is on have that on and then think about yeah by usher playing in the background every time i hear yeah by usher that's now <laughs> what i'm going to And think i looked of. over my shoulder and that scene was happening And I looked back at the crowd, and a friend of mine was just kind of coming across the stage and looked at me and goes, oh, my God, are you okay? And I was like, what? And she goes, you're crying. And I, like, did this, and I'm like, oh, fuck. No, I'm not. You are. (laughs) It's like 1130 at night (laughs) in a fucking club, and it was just a couple TVs were still left on ESPN, and that's it. So I have to put Field of Dreams somewhere in there because also, secondary, what I love about Field of Dreams is that they kept – The girlfriend and the daughter from Uncle Buck. And they still got to come in. John Candy's girlfriend and his niece. That's right. That's the wife and daughter for Kevin Costner. You're right. Which Uncle Buck was one of my favorite movies on earth as a child. Yeah. So the fact that I got to have a mother figure and, like, a cool little girl who was you know, younger than me. But, like, whatever. We're still kids. I love that, too. Yeah. But my favorite sports movie is... A movie I love about sports, but I love it because it has—I love it because of what it doesn't do with sports. Slapshot. Oh my god! Slapshot. The hockey is great, and it's—it's a window into a life that uh, in a world that I never knew. But Slapshot is probably my favorite representation of blue-collar Rust Belt 1970s America. It's like that in Deer Hunter are my two moments when I can get a little peek into what things were like before I was around. And the fact that not only do they treat hockey absolutely fucking realistically with the amount of injuries, and back then, like, no helmets and all that shit, but you have comedy from the Hanson brothers, you have comedy from Paul Newman, who literally was one of the biggest stars on earth, And he does an indie movie about a shitty minor league hockey club (laughs) while he's driving around a piece of shit car. Like, there's no star turn for him in that. Right. There's no reason that he becomes like a like sexier or more famous because of that. That was showing a spotlight on what everyone doesn't want to think about America. And I love it because we know
2: hearing all the sound bites from the movie. Like,
0: think about it. Go back and watch it again. When have we ever seen that's actually what life is like. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like, think about minor league baseball players. We never, outside of Bull Durham, which is should be on my list anyway, but outside of that, like, when do we ever get to see, like, these guys who are playing because of their passion for the game for, like, $70 a game at best and all that bullshit. Like, it's a window into a world that we never get to see and it's so real this is gonna be it's a... gritty it's ugly yep. like when i watch when i watch Slapshot, i feel like i can smell every fucking room yep. because they let it be that ugly that you feel like you can smell it
2: i uh humble brag here uh during my 1500 espn days uh working with Roycey, we would routinely have buster only on and oh. he became he became um, like a semi-weekly guest because, because he strictly loves pat like he just like i could see, see that so that's why he did the that's why he would do it for us anyway so he came in studio it was the week the all-star game was here so what was that 2014 is that right 2014 or 50 I, yeah at target field and um we were just shooting the breeze between uh commercial breaks and we had an extra long top of the hour break so he started to ask me and pat about town baseball and Re- royce he pointed him. he goes well here's a manager of a town baseball team right here and so we started shooting the breeze about town baseball, and he said the same thing you just said about this. He said, This is a, f-, and he used the F word. He mm-hmm. goes, This is a freaking movie. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, Okay. Sorry. But yeah, oh, said oh, the no, same no, thing. No.
0: Did, you, did you just say that the F word is freaking? Sorry.
2: It's the radio guy in me. I can't, sw- I, it's I, hard for me to swear no, my I just need you to say it. <laughs> it's what, what was the quote? <laughs> he, he, he said, He said, and he said, Reavers, this is a, f- Movie. There it is. Yeah. I sorry, I just really wanted to get you to swear in the air. That's it, and I, and I promise I won't do it again. I'm sorry, Ginny. Don't fire me. It's
0: conditioning.
2: But no. But, but the
0: same same thing because
2: it's it's that peek into the window of yeah. We don't get paid. We we show up on Sundays and Wednesday nights because we love baseball. We're all you know, washed up college guys that can't give up the dream. Yeah. You I, know? My I kids you are involved. <laughs> My wife loves going. It's it keeps us connected to the game. It's awesome.
0: Real, real talk um, for all of our listeners out there. Uh, Chris was kind enough to ask me if I would do the introductions for the town ball, ball classic. classic at Target Field. And uh, of course, I said yes, because you asked. And then immediately I got excited because uh, clearly I love the sound of my own voice (laughs) and the idea of announcing over all of Target Field's uh, speakers. Duh. What I wasn't prepared for was it it was fucking like 100 degrees and I was on the field at a table and they thankfully, mercifully moved me into the booth. But when we were first down at the field, I couldn't believe the joy And the absolute passion that everyone in that tournament had just for the sport of baseball. Like, everyone on the other team was clapping for, like, who was coming up to bat. And they were all yelling shit at each other. And it was either funny or it was like, come on, man, good ball. Like, there was no shit talking. There was no anything. It was just a bunch of people that were getting together to play because they love the fucking game. Yep. And of course, they're going to be competitive. They're going to do their thing. And it's good baseball. Yeah. It's great baseball. Yeah. But I, I was so unprepared for how real and how beautiful that tournament is. And the state of Minnesota does
2: such an incredible job. In fact, sadly, we just lost our, our president, Fred Roofs, um, to uh, I, I, I forget what ailment, but we lost Fred at, at 71, I believe, uh, just a week ago. Uh, who is the president of the Minnesota State Amateur Baseball Association. But the state, people don't realize what a big deal that that is here in the state. We, no other state in the country has the amateur program that the state of Minnesota. We have 300 teams. Iowa wow. doesn't have any. They have a few independent teams that will form and come up here and play up. But you'll
0: take all of our Field of Dreams money, huh, Iowa? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they build it. Have another pork tenderloin sandwich. I, mean, I,
2: I got this email from so many people that were like, oh, I can't take my family to a Twins game. And I would reply, take, go find an amateur ballpark for $20. bucks. you are going to be able to t- take your kids, feed them, have a couple of beers, and you're going to have a blast because mm-hmm. there's so many really cool – and if anybody wants, email me, cereavers at uh, hbi.com. We'll get to that at the end. But I'm just saying it's, it's so freaking <laughs> cool. It's just, it's awesome, and it's an addictive drug that, I mean, thankfully my wife is all for it because you need a very understanding wife to be involved in something <laughs> like that. Um, but, it, but it's become now part of what our family does on the weekends. You know, it's, it's I cool. I no, love I'm no glad story. we were
1: able to talk about sports because we didn't build it into our initial questions. Yeah. and I even mentioned it to Quam this afternoon that, like, I would love to touch on sports. It's just difficult to make a palatable question that even listeners can get into yeah. Or, yeah. when you're like, oh... Well, even here? non-sports who's fans here? have a favorite
0: sports but movie. But absolutely. I also, that's yeah. the thing is, I, absolutely. I, but yeah. I also, like, I didn't want to that's what you're known for. I don't, we're not here to like fucking <laughs> harp on all that shit. Right. You, you talk to everybody else about that. Like we want to figure out who you are, nice. but, but when it came around, too. yeah, like, like
1: yeah. I'm sports obsessed, yeah. I'm, you know, same here. So that's, that was a fucking excellent question. And you didn't, you know, pivot you know you, know, you know you didn't clear with me earlier <laughs> i didn't i didn't think he was, was gonna I answer like two questions with dude the same i like that way more than the <laughs> yeah, original exactly. question because even the original question i was like
0: how about we yeah. kind of
1: massage this thing and, all right dude that was yeah that was great and also i want to be clear because i love martial arts movies he does that i disqualified them i did from, the same thing i was thinking sports. like that, that that that'll come f- in the future we'll ask yeah. somebody like what's your favorite martial arts my movie? I
2: finally i showed my nine-year-old son karate kid <laughs>
1: fucking right you know? oh my god yeah
2: guess how many times so that was on his birthday which was november 1st guess mm. how many times we have
0: watched that since i mean i know how I almost was. every week it, no. the, Damn, the original karate oh yeah okay. the original one
2: you're gonna get into cobra kai soon oh. see i i'm so mad i haven't i haven't
0: it's coming buddy it's yeah, it's yeah. okay i've watched okay. all three it's so seasons. good people are
2: there
1: i have friends who are like they gotta kill this thing they can't do this anymore the third season was bad i was like it's the same show it yep. was in season one yep it's it's just Karate so cool. Kid. Yep. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's just like a uh, you know, it's like teeny bopper drama, mm-hmm. karate stuff. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. It's so mindless but fun. You just it's, watch it. It's so fun. Just lean back, crack
0: a logger. Yeah. Watch just the first two episodes. Don't take it too seriously, and you'll 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 just be. You
2: on know the what way. it is? I'm gonna guess, but is it is it all of a sudden we get to hit rewind to 1985 yeah.
0: for? 45 yeah, minutes or we, yeah, however
1: we, long the episodes are this came up on a recent episode and it was because I was discussing nostalgia for the 80s mm-hmm. because of that program mm-hmm. is a big reason why at least recently in recent memory they're playing like Rat and and <laughs> you know White Snake <laughs> and shit because awesome. it's these now growing up Stars of the but original th- movies. Yeah, that's the thing. Is imagine they're they're like yeah they're yeah, they're us. They're but, <laughs> but imagine <laughs> imagine how
0: wildly divergent, like like the nerd who is trying to figure it out and the bully and everybody else. Imagine how all of those careers and all those sure. lives turn out twenty years later. Yeah, and they really don't pull any punches for like how it is. Like when it's bad, it's bad, and when it's like good, it's good. But then. Good's also bad. Bad's also... It's crazy how well they pull it off where it's not just like cheesy, like, here's a bunch of references you'll understand. Like they let people have shitty lives and they let people say, like, yeah, that fucked up everything for me for the last 20 years. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. And, there are waves of realism to it that
1: make you feel invested in a similar way to the original Karate Kid.
0: And then when they do flashbacks, Daniel a it's, kid. they have the they have the footage. Because it's all the same oh, people. Sweet. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. when it's they the start same. arguing about some shit, they they'll property, cut to a flashback so. and you mm-hmm. get to watch the scene from Karate Kid. Throughout Damn. the series, yeah, yeah, they show flashbacks oh, to all the films. I'm, okay. Sorry. Anyway. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> it's so I'm good. In. good. Oh, so good. All right. Drink Let's have some drinks.
1: Cheers, guys. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, fuck. Mr. Hold on. Miyagi. Hold Cheers. on. I got to take my Malort because I got one coming for you next. Oh,
1: yeah, okay. Well, fuck it.
0: Swig number two. All right, Charles, you ask and I'm going to pour.
1: Yes, sir. All right, my last question. What is your favorite food or alcohol trend that never stuck? Like something you thought was about to become a big deal and then
2: didn't happen. Favorite food or alcohol trend that I thought would be big and it never stuck? Maybe like a like a spirit that you really enjoy,
1: or a cocktail you really enjoy that you thought was going to become a big deal, and then it didn't happen.
2: You know what's been interesting is, and I you mentioned this I think before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to Garage Logic, I did uh, did and hopefully will do again uh, the beer show, uh, and I, yes. I'm hoping to bring that back. Just due to COVID, no one's allowed in the building except for me. So it's been kind of okay. It's been on hiatus for a little bit here, but I love doing the show because I got to meet cool people like you, and yeah. it was always awesome. That because was really fun. Everybody yeah. in that industry was just super interesting and so easy to talk to. Um, can oh, you know what? Can I? Can, does this qualify? Something that completely surprised me about alcohol. Certainly. Okay. Sure. So when when we when we started going down the rabbit, this sh- the the beer show started. It was right after my first son was born. I think it was July of 2012. I think was when we debuted. Holy shit! Has it been that long? Yeah, because uh, wow. Tom, quick aside. Well, I was on in like 2015,
1: so I guess it has been. That long.
2: Yeah, because. Um, The reason it started was, oddly enough, they needed to fill programming because the guy that was doing the night show, Tom Pellicero, who now works for NFL Network, um, was doing the night show, and I was his producer. And it was great because Tom is a pro and one of the best beat reporters in town. And so he got this job offer. Well, he's why wouldn't he take it? And so they were kind of scrambling, like, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I can fill an hour on Thursdays and do the beer show and... They're like, what the hell are you talking about? Anyway, so that's aside. But I really didn't have any knowledge of craft beer at all. So it was all just brand new to me. You know, I didn't know anything about it. And the Sours, when they first kind of came on the scene, I remember trying my first Sour. I don't even remember who the brand was. And I went, who is going to drink this piss? But they got better <laughs> over time. They got better over sure. time. But I will say this, and I think the first time we had somebody on about this, it had to have been 3rd Street, because I think, was it 3rd Street? Who who was one of the first locals that had seltzers? Would it have been 3rd Street? The hard seltzers? Yeah, the hard seltzers. 3rd Street was making Liftbridge? for other people. Liftbridge? was the first local okay. place Liffbridge, that Fulton. had. But I remember when that first came about. House, went, Fair State, I think. 3rd was Street was contract street. brewing a bunch of seltzers, though. Okay. Well, I, I just remember going seltzers. Come on, who? Yeah, who? Right. and it's completely yeah. yep. taken over mm-hmm. the industry. Even like me, I love craft beer, but I gotta watch this. And I've been mixing it in way more than I ever had before. And I I almost feel guilty.
0: They outsold Budweiser last year. You're kidding? Me. Oh yeah, White Claw and seltzers outsold Budweiser as a whole. And I mean.
2: I, so I probably drink i've tried to drink less just like everybody else has after january we 1st. All try. um There's so much to dry january um but I never saw that coming I really didn't yep. and I, the heart seltzer thing yeah and I, I will say this um you guys know Ryan from elevated of course. um and great dude really knows the industry, and I remember him, God, this would have had to have been five six years ago saying this is this is a going to happen this is going to be an explosion because they really started to bring on more guests that wanted to talk seltzers even though it was a beer show but we talked about all sorts of things whiskey whatever mm-hmm. but that's a trend i never saw coming no. at, at the time and it's i mean it's completely taken over the game. yeah
1: so grumpy's northeast is a very uh common hangout for industry types okay and i remember this had to have been like four years ago when they started loading White Claw into their coolers, seeing a lot of industry types, instead of drinking beer, they were drinking White Claws and initially thinking, is this just uh, a novelty? Is this just an amusement? Are you guys just kind of like doing this for shits and giggles, trying to be ironic. Mm-hmm. Turns out there was a reason for it. It's just (laughs) easy to drink. You're drinking fucking beer all day, every day. It's mostly sales types. You know, like I work on the marketing and creative side. I don't have to drink beer all day, every day. I don't have to, especially at that time. It used to be, I mean, people go into an account and they'd have a beer at every account, Mm -hmm. like their own beer. Like, yeah, even though, come on, like four beers by 3 p.m., that's absurd. It wasn't just that they were trying to escape the reality of having to drink beer all the time. I think they're just like, damn, this is kind of easy to drink. It was, a for, it was a foreshadowing that I don't think a lot of people paid attention to at the time. Because it's really been this last two years just a blossoming. It, people well, we just, saw it it's though. easy to drink. It's, it's relatively healthy. The caloric
2: intake, mm-hmm. the carbohydrates, really low. Sugar, zero on most of them. And I mean, we saw the trend with you know whether it was Mick Ultra or all these others that went to that low cal beer. No one's gonna, we're not gonna drink that. Mm-hmm. But I'll drink a seltzer, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think that that was a big part of it. Where I think it's what they missed when they wanted to market
1: a, a, exactly like beer that's healthy was that it doesn't taste like beer anymore. Right. But the, the irony is that it's it's seltzer beer. The people are like, well, shit, it can taste like raspberries instead. Yeah, that's Let the me thing. Just drink raspberries with alcohol in it that are also relatively healthy
0: zima with the jolly rancher was so ahead of its (laughs) time now now i will say as somebody who thought it would be really hilarious to be ironic when zima came back out in like 2016 or 2017 Mm -hmm. we went to a bar because they said they had a case of zima and we brought jolly Ranchers. we're like let's be fun and ironic and retro and put it on facebook (laughs) holy fuck was that awful none of the three of us finished our zima like, that bad.
1: Ooh, because I, can only imagine. I
0: drank that when I was 12. I drank that when I was 13. That was literally one of the first times I had a buzz was somebody handed it to me and told me it was just a bottle of pop because it tasted like Sprite. Yeah. And then they were like, put a Jolly Rancher in it even better. Of course, because that was, I, I ate sugar all the time. I could do a fucking whole straw of Pixie sticks. you know? <laughs> wow was that horrific. And the bartender was just tickled (laughs) watching us try and like choke it down be like, yeah, you guys are so tough and funny now. Right. Right. (laughs) Did it last? Has it gone extinct? It's already gone again. That's okay. So,
1: so the question itself changed a little bit from the origination, which is fine, but the original idea and Chris, if you think of something, (laughs) we'll circle back to the original question. It's fine. Again, where we're going, there are no rules. But the original question was, is there a trend in food and Bev that never quite stuck that either you thought was going to or started to and faded away that you
0: wish made it? So that I wish made it. Uh, I guess I would have liked to have seen for a little while. I thought that the diaspora of IPAs would be a thing. I didn't necessarily love all of the brute IPAs when they came out. But you were miscategorized. Yeah, but it's like miscategorization. They yeah. should have never been called IPAs. But it would have been it would have been fun to have like I don't like the fact that we just keep going towards like how many more hops can we jam in a thing. Sometimes I love that as a beer, but now we've gotten so far down the line that now there are people that are like, oh, this is a West Coast IPA and some random like twenty-two-year-old bro's like pussy. You're like, wait, what? Like that's that we've created sort of this weird through line that drives me crazy. Um, I also, and this is still, it remain I think 2020 just fucked it up a lot because uh, there was momentum building, and then everything indoors got kind of shut down. But for restaurants, I sorry, it was food and drink, right? Or just yep, okay. food or drink, whatever you thought so, was going to happen. That I would happen. like to see. I like to see where the train was going at the end of 2019 into 2020 where there are more meatless options at hangout bars. And it's not because I'm trying to like rail against like steaks or anything like that, but as somebody who wrestles with flavor versus health and trying it, to I mean
1: that's a good answer because it
0: seemed like that was really happening a few like years ago vanished. Yep. Like, I haven't seen a single ad in probably almost a year for anything like Impossible or Beyond Meat or whatever. And of course, at the end of the day, I would rather just eat straight up vegetables. But as somebody who loves a cheeseburger, as somebody who loves all of the good things, I really love the fact that I was starting to see more and more bars popping up with like Impossible Burgers or Beyond Meat or whatever. Because it does. It cuts down on the calories. It cuts down on a lot of different things. And I, I
1: think that actually the lab drone stuff vanquished ingenuity in, like, vegan and vegetarian menu sure, items. Sure, sure. Because it is present. I think that maybe there's not as much uh, vocality around it. Like, there, you don't hear about it as much. Yep. But a lot of restaurants have that as an option. hmm think a lot of them use it as a bailout to use any ingenuity to make other dishes that are vegan agreed like no you just get the vegan get the burgers right there
0: like, and, and i agree with you like especially like there are so many cultures around the world where like a meat protein is not the it's not what we all gather around mm-hmm. like i love eating uh like like north african food because most of it is like doesn't involve that uh Mediterranean food a lot of that yep Lebanese food I grew up eating
1: you know it's not that they don't like meat it's that hey guess what we have dishes that don't contain meat it doesn't have to be the star every dishes can or cannot contain meat Mm -hmm. like this like green bean stew you can make it with meat or you can make it without meat uh you can make spinach pies you can make meat pies you can make almost and you know uh 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 Grape leaf, grape leaf rolls. Yeah, there you go. They can have meat or they can not have meat. It's uh, just the way it is,
0: curries across uh, uh, across Indonesia and India and Tha- Thailand and, and Vietnam. Like there's so m- every mm. so many other cultures, protein meat protein doesn't have to be the star all the time. And w- w- the reason that I'm pissed about it, where I thought it was, and I hope it just can be resurrected, the thing that bums me out is that. What Americans do is, like, there's, like, some bullshit pasta primavera on the menu. And they're like, well, that's the vegetarian thing. And then maybe there's, like, a soup or, like, a salad that doesn't already have meat in it. And I'm afraid that we're just going to go back to that. I like the idea of, you know, Beyond Meat and Impossible Shit because it got more people okay with the idea of not having to eat meat with every meal. Which then I thought the next logical step would be, oh, well, now we can do like a mushroom stroganoff that would be really, really good that people could go for, like then, then once we get to the point where more than like 5%, now, now we're looking at like 20, 30, 40%, again, speaking from the Midwest, uh, once more people are asking for things that don't have to have meat in it, then chefs can start exploring more and trying to figure out, okay, well, if we don't wanna be handcuffed to this science meat, like what else can we do? And that, that to me is the key. But I don't believe that we are progressive enough as a country to actually just make that leap without Can you
2: get away with that in a market like
0: us here in the Twin Cities I just thought,
2: because ketchup is spicy to a I lot of people. I agree with here. you.
0: But and that's that's always been my worry. But once I saw like Burger King doing their like the I'm gonna I'm gonna go introduce this to a bunch of construction workers because they couldn't possibly like vegetables. They only eat meat preferably off the bone. And then this guy would be like oh this is really good, man. Where'd you get this burger? And I don't get think some... it's bullshit either because I have friends who are big-time meat eaters that order those. Yep. That's, so it's yeah. just like, to me, I like the idea, I, I want to believe that America can make massive leaps forward, but at the same time, I don't believe that at all. Right. I think, not to get too political, but I think that the last couple months have proved that for us as far as politics go, and I think that we're the same way with, like, with food and with money and a lot of other things. It has to be With, especially if there's not necessarily a victim that people can see every time, our change has always come incrementally. I'm not saying that as a positive thing. I think it's a negative thing about our culture in general. But I can't pretend that all of a sudden overnight we could be like, oh, yeah, it's super cool to have halloumi cheese sandwiches. But holy fuck, I would weep with pleasure if I knew that I could walk into a a bar and get a halloumi cheese sandwich. Right. Because it's still protein. It's still but is, the menus though, I
2: think, yeah. are gonna get scaled back just because of the financial issues. Because everybody is hurting so bad. Yeah,
0: and yep. and that's the thing. And again, it, it comes but another to thing to consider is if you're making
1: something that is naturally vegan instead of like pulling tricks, mm-hmm. vegan or vegetarian, your margins are pretty massive. Uh, agreed. You don't have to use fucking king crab or squid or wagyu beef or even chicken thighs and you make something with, like, eggplant, you make a baba ghanoush or something and put that on your mm-hmm. menu with, like, pita to dip into it, that's vegan, but you can still get 11 bucks for it. The truff, the, so the, may, maybe it'll help us return mm-hmm. to I center hope it when it comes to those things. The tough part gives is... Us more options that aren't just, like, meat-centric. I also still it's think... Because that. even even as a fucking avowed meat eater, I love meat, and I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to mm. keep cutting you off, but it's like I, I, I crave meat. Like, I can't not eat meat, even growing up on... a Pretty, pretty. I mean, we ate meat when we were kids, but like there was a lot of no meat because Mm -hmm. we didn't have much money for it. Yeah. And even like my life now as a 39 year old, I can't go that long without eating a steak. Mm -hmm. Like, there's like an animalistic instinct for wanting a steak. When you look at a menu, it excites me to see like beautiful charred barbecue carrots at. A, a restaurant like the publican in chicago yep you're we like oh dude those carrots are better than anything else on the menu oh shit there's a wagyu porterhouse <laughs> no, just trust me have them together but the carrots are like transformative yeah. i'll make you the porterhouse on my grill i can't make you those fucking carrots <laughs> the
0: the thing that i keep coming back to though is that we don't we don't even have a generation of cooks that are ready to take on not that they don't have the talent to but they don't have the background to take on, like we're still teaching everybody that's coming up in the ranks, cooking anywhere outside of fine dining that fry the meat until it's done in the grease. And then you put whatever bullshit onto it and you give it to them. That's the thing is like, I also don't want to go back to just overcooked mushy vegetables in everything. Like we have to make that a focus. And I just thought to bring it back to my original comment, I just hoped that seeing companies like fucking Burger King get behind a vegetarian sandwich would mean that that would become more applicable across everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they put mayo on it. Oh,
1: okay. But you,
0: can you get like a vegan version? You, yeah, just without okay. mayo. Do they do a vegan mayo? That seems like an easy thing they for them to do. do. Not. Okay. do But it's, it's, again, just like a you went that far and you didn't go that last. Right, take it one more step. Uh, but like that's that's the thing that frustrates me is that like I thought we were making steps where all of a sudden you could go to like a shitty dive bar and there would be like a legitimate vegetarian option. Okay. So I guess that's. Yeah. No, I see that because yeah. dude,
1: two years ago it was it seemed like it, here in the Twin Cities there was a place called the Herbivorous Butcher mm-hmm. that opened in Minneapolis that was a butcher and it they got like worldwide acclaim for this. Mm-hmm. It's a butcher that serves vegan meats. I'll be I'll level with you. I'll be honest. I don't understand as a as a omnivore, I can't understand the appeal for a vegan to want to eat something that like appears to be meat. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It doesn't mean I have to understand it. That's the other thing that's important to understand is I don't have to understand. And I've brought this up to my vegan friends mm-hmm. like why are you, why do you want to pretend to eat meat? And I think for many of them it's that they were former meat eaters. Yep. That I totally understand. Yep. I get I'm like, "Oh, okay." So, like, there's some sense of comfort in that. That makes sense. Uh, but, like, this place is a butcher that sells all meats. I'm doing air quotes. You can't fucking see it. But <laughs> it, they're, they're, like, making fake meats. And, like, this place has been slammed for the last two years. I guarantee they're still slammed. They make stuff for restaurants, too. They got- Super fucking cool. But, like, when that happened, I thought, here we go. Like, these options mm-hmm. are going to be available to people. Like, again, no ill will. I, right. I want these options. Yeah. I want to try stuff. If it makes sense, if you can use seitan to make like some kind of patty, you know, I'm dude. I'm Lebanese. We eat falafel, chick mm-hmm. chickpea patties that taste like fucking meat. Mm-hmm. That's like the best thing you can use to make a fuck yeah, to make a uh,
2: a vegetarian burger. Yeah, chickpeas. It bites like meat. Mm-hmm. It tastes like meat. So I'm I'm all for and, it. And there's something to be said too about. A place that's still willing to, to, to kind of go down that path too, mm. or, or, or go down that route, because we all know that all these places are struggling. I, oh, mean, I mean, I mean, I I just hope the vast majority of them are able to make it make it through the other side. Because, I mean, quick quick plug, uh, I think you've been there with me, Thirty Bales, yeah, of know, course. Hopkins, Big they're 10 amazing. Subs came back. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a scratch kitchen. You're a meat fan. You ready? Have you ever been there? No. The short rib, pot pie. I'm Let's it, go. It, it, it's it's so good. It's unbelievable. And they also do short rib tacos. Okay. I you do the tacos? With caramelized with caramelized pickled red onion. And I, I mean, you're talking to the Rice County. I mean, when you're mm-hmm. talking Dude, pickled red go. onion, yeah. It's but it's but that's I'm what you're saying. It. Like they they the, well we and Todd the owner, his whole thing is I have to find a niche. I have to find something that someone's going to be willing to drive from downtown Minneapolis or from carver minnesota to mm-hmm. come to my restaurant because sure. if i'm just doing the normal stuff like you were saying Done. no one's gonna you know no one's gonna mm-hmm. stop it but oh okay. dude i'm a big short rib fan so that was like Ooh, okay love them
1: short rib long rib doesn't matter the length a beef yep. rib beef ribs blow my mind yeah let me give my answer we we've gone really far yeah. over <laughs> sorry uh, so like earlier i was talking about fucking cheese mm. you think i would work for the dairy association with this <laughs> answer but dude raclette was becoming such a big thing two years ago that I bought a raclette melter. I have the fucking concrete stand with the lamp that melts raclette cheese so you can scrape it onto stuff. And at my Super Bowl party two years ago, I basically bought it for that because that's the kind of weirdo I can be at times. (laughs) I bought this raclette melter. It's basically this heat lamp that, like, sears the cheese off a wheel of raclette, which is already pretty expensive cheese. But I made these... um, this is silly to even talk
2: about. No, so I not. got Prime awesome.
1: <laughs> New York uh, and made, like, a rib roast in my oven. And then I made four different versions of, like, steak cheese sandwiches. And Reclat was on all the of them yeah. ago, the toppings were different. <laughs> so there, there were a variation of toppings on, on each of them. But... The one thing that was consistent was this prime New York that I roasted in the uh, slow roast in the oven, medium rare, of course, and the raclette being melted under that fucking (sighs) heat lamp that I scraped off on a sandwich. And at the time, I was like, dude, there started to be all this food porn about raclette. I thought for certain raclette was going to be the next big thing. I think the reason it never caught on, it wasn't that raclette isn't delicious, because it's delicious and it's pretty expensive, but a little goes a long way. I think the reason it didn't catch on, and I learned it firsthand, is that that fucking lamp takes forever to melt enough to scrape onto a single sandwich. For sure. That, like, if everyone ordered a cut sandwich at a restaurant like Red Cow, it would take right two hours. Yep. <laughs> I want four like, of them. Hang okay, we'll see you tomorrow. Unless they somehow jimmy-rigged their own situation yep. where they could melt the cheese themselves. But I wish it caught on because it's so fucking it's cool. It's so, so good. Yeah, European countries that, like, they have boiled, tiny, yellow potatoes. Uh-huh. And they put um, little cornichons in there, some quail eggs. It's just like it, inconsequential, just like some food. And then they put it under the lamp and then flop, they just thwack it with a giant pile, like a half pound of melted stinky cheese. It doesn't matter what's under there. And it then could all the that- marble, a shoe, <laughs> a fucking
0: transformer. Yep. You're going to eat it? And the no best one part, fucking cares. And you the best part is the cheese? It just bear it bear hugs everything. It's oh, like, it oh, yeah. Walks. You didn't have any cheese on you. It's now you do. It. It's, oh, it's so uh, great. Oh, it is so great. ensconced. M- Marnie, en-sconced. my wife, loves that word.
1: Ensconced in raclette. In raclette.
0: <laughs> I think we should cheers to all hoping one day to be ensconced in raclette. Oh man. Woo. I love how you had that great exotic
2: question. You got the shortest amount of time to answer it, by the way. Awesome. <laughs> oh, thought, well, you weren't kidding about this Dalmore.
0: Yeah, I thought that would be a nice way to answer it. I
1: just take a shot of fucking Dalmor 18 <laughs> because of this program. Because
0: we're bougie as fuck. <laughs> bougie. Uh, all right. So bringing it back into the station here, the final question of the night. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> your wife has a horse. Oh, God. No, no, no. I'm, I, I just wanted to, I wanted to lead you with that. <laughs> okay. But your wife has a horse. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a very, very close friend uh, whose wife also has a horse, TJ Deadly D. Uh, his wife, that's Cindy, right oh, also yeah, has a horse. Sure, sure yeah. Uh, I would assume that um, when your wife goes out to the barn, that's her bliss time. That's her the happiest that she is. Not that nope. she's not happy with a family or whatever. That no, is completely what bliss time. Yep. I want to know what that is for you. And it, it may not be something that you get to currently do right now as a, like a father of kids and running around, but like, what would your horse be?
2: So quick aside on that, uh, my wife, uh, God bless her, the long-suffering Jessica, <laughs> uh, grew up with them. So that was yeah. always kind of her space of mm-hmm. comfort, of, mm-hmm. of, of, of release. And when we first met in school, That was the first year that she wasn't around a horse daily. Yep. And so I kind of, and she's always hinted at it. She's always hinted at it. I mean, Jesus,
0: Ben, that was, you know, 20 years ago that we've been together. Also, side note to everybody listening, having a horse doesn't mean you just, like, threw some money and then you could just get to, like, show up. Like, it is incredibly expensive. It is an an intense amount of work. And it is constant. Yep. So... Sorry, just just no, for everybody but, listening. No, but I'm but, glad yeah. you said that because
2: it it is, and you know people think, oh, well, you're a you're a you're a metro family that thinks you're going to get into the horse game. Well, a first of all, we're both we were both born and raised on farms, who decided to move to the metro because of careers, and uh, no, that, that that couldn't be further from the case in in our situation. But it it, it is cool to see how it really did transform her just because it's a side of her i haven't seen sure and i've been with this woman for over half my life yep. um and so it, it it is cool to see that her being able to finally have that joy honestly i'll answer that question what what is mine two ways because i mean i'm god ben i'm so fucking lucky that every day i get to go in and do something that i love mm-hmm. i mean I, feel, I oftentimes feel guilty, like, oh, i got to go to work. I, well, I, and I don't have that attitude ever because I've been blessed to be able to do what I do. But I will say this. The past – when was uh, Memorial Day weekend?
0: Yeah, it was a while ago.
2: Doing, doing uh, the, the show, the type of show that we do daily where it's constant consumption of news, both on the big scope of things uh, as it relates to the White House – The local scene with, obviously, everything that Minneapolis has gone through since Memorial Day. And um, even some of the really, really awful news that you have to consume locally where, you know, dealing with kids and now being a a dad of two young kids, it can absolutely wear on you. And there are times where I just, you know, once we're done with the show on Friday, I unplug. I don't go on social media. I just, I need a break Mm -hmm. from all that stuff. But honestly, being able to do that every day and also being able to still be involved with my hometown baseball team that's probably what my release is in that regard, but it's so cool now having kids that that do stuff they're not they're not constantly needing me to to take care of them you know they can they get up on their own now and they can put on a cartoon and um you know I come down and make them breakfast, but watching them achieve. Uh, to anybody out there that is a parent knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yesterday, uh, I had the day off because of MLK Day, and I stayed home with my, with my boys. And so we always do morning stuff, and then we'll do a couple of projects, and then we do lunch, and then I let them each do uh, an hour and a half to two hours on their own. you got to separate them because they're just going to start fighting. <laughs> my oldest son wrote a freaking book complete with cartoon illustrations about a dragon that stole a diamond. Awesome. And he became a superhero, to which I said,
0: holy fuck. I'm in. I'll read that.
2: And I just thought, he's nine. I, 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 I was so blown away by this. And I'm thinking, Mike, and I know I'm going to be biased because it's my own kid, but That creates so much inner Mm -hmm. joy, absolutely. That even the Vikings winning the Super Bowl wouldn't be able to do for me. me, Well, make sure to to preserve that, so he always (laughs) remembers he has creativity inside of him. His reaction, showing it to me, you can see where. And I know you guys don't have kids, but seeing him kind of look at me, going, "Is Dad going to think this is okay, or is Mm -hmm. he going to make fun of me?" And I just thought, "Holy crap, that is so awesome." And that's that's honestly, I guess granted it can be a grind <laughs> it can be both with two kids but there's just there's no greater joy there there really isn't and i'm not and i'm really not that kind of dad i mean i had a great dad and i i just it's it's so cool it's just so freaking cool to see and then to see how they're changing and how they're going through all these different weird sets of emotions and with distance learning you know it's so different now because you don't know what to expect because I never had to go through that as a kid. I don't know what they're you know, what they're going through. So I'm trying to be more uh lenient of that as well with their behavior. But damn man, I mean when you see your kid do something cool on his own, holy crap is it so satisfying. That's it's awesome. so freaking cool. So freaking cool.
1: Uh that's that's good dadding to like yeah. build him up too. Yeah. I mean even I, if even if it was garbage and it sounds like it was fucking cool. Yeah. Like just lifting that up because but, I mean, that's it how you like build. It's a comic creativity. Book that he
2: drew with a pencil and just some scratch paper. That's rad. It's dude. a graphic novel, yeah, by the it way. It was so cool. And, and the thing yeah, is, was, too, like <laughs> let her rip. Let him let him build it up. You know, I, I I'm not going to say I'm a perfect dad by any means, but I do give a crap about my kids. And the thing that I've always instilled, because my wife has zero ability to discipline. I mean, zero ability. I'm <laughs> okay. the bad cop. She's a sure. good cop. But I've okay. always stressed two things. I've said my relationship with my sons first of all i'm not going to be their buddy i'm going to be their dad but my relationship with my kids is 50% discipline 50% fun because they have to know they can always come to me yep. i guess that's my only that's piece awesome. of advice that i would ever give is is just that listen you've got to always be their dad cuz guess what they're not moving out <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean they're they it's not like they're going to say well i'm going to pick a different dad yeah. we're breaking up you know that's not what that's not going to happen but but yeah, you know, just being just being supportive. I mean, half the half the part of being a dad is just showing up for Christ's sake. Just be there. Oh, I, I think have. Charles and I are well aware of that. That's just half the half the battle, you know. Just uh, anyway. So yeah, are laughing. Why are we laughing? I know that's so I'm sad. I'm sorry. No, that's just. It. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, but like, but no. hey,
0: like, let me at least say to you, like, that's yeah, that's what a kid wants too. Yeah. yeah. I'll leave it at that. Yeah uh so the, <laughs> to bring it to bring it back from the hello the <laughs> darkness my old friend <laughs> so, we we're talking about the fact that that uh uh jess after 20 years finally yeah. has a horse that she can go ride my wife and the yeah, the, was the question was like that is bliss time a good friend of mine and a, a former guest in the podcast D, his wife has also finally reconnected and has a horse and i I have seen it in person. A lot of horse on I've own. never seen Sydney beam like she does when oh. she gets back from the barn.
2: By the way, the coolest wedding I've ever bartended. To. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was so The whole wedding that was, was amazing. It was so rad. <laughs> um, always, always bartend a service industry wedding oh, and you will oh, never yeah. regret
0: it. <laughs> uh, but, like, basically, if you're imagining, like, that as bliss time, like, what is your bliss time, Charles? I think
1: you and I have a very obvious mutual answer to this question. Motherfucking cooking. It's
2: yep. cooking. Like you guys are both big time foodies. No. Yeah. I uh so I
1: things that I think other people perceive to be like violent or anger inducing do relax me. Like listening to death metal, uh reading about serial killers, <laughs> like listening to mm-hmm. or podcasts about true crime, those types of things. They I find those things relaxing. It's I'm it's just the way I'm built. It's okay. I don't have to be like everybody else. However, when it comes down to it, when it's a matter of what is it that is your, like, zen, like the hole that you can climb into and feel comfortable and ensconced <laughs> by raclette. <laughs> uh, for me, it's not just cooking. It's cooking for others. Yeah. I was a bachelor for many years. I, I lived alone for for much of for many years of my adult life and I enjoyed that life and I always appreciate crafting something for myself, but it's like ten percent of the appreciation that I have for creating something that someone else could enjoy. That means everything to me. That's cool. And cooking like having my 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 wife Marnie in my life as my girlfriend or otherwise That's like a built-in, anytime I'm preparing something, it doesn't mean she's going to like it, because sometimes there are things that I like that she doesn't like quite as much. If something's got a lot of fat on it, she's not a fan. She won't eat mushrooms. Turns out her heat level's higher than she thought it was when I met her. But, you know, there are things she's not going to enjoy as much as as I will. But that uh, labor of love, like preparing food, the actual act of preparing it is church to me yeah. you know the mise en place or even the preparation like thinking about it mm-hmm. conceptualization very much is like what i do for a living mm-hmm. but i know that the stakes are someone's about to get fat <laughs> that's it's not like you know what i mean yeah. not like someone's gonna look at a can i designed on a shelf and be like you know what's with the eyeballs kid it's we're gonna we're gonna get fat yeah. you know we're, we're happily it fat. tonight maybe <laughs> And that makes me fucking happy. Like, yeah. conceptualizing a dish, shopping for it. Yep. I miss going to stores. It's okay. That's only a part of the process. And I understand what's at stake right now. So, that's not that important. But every step in the process and then preparing it, chopping everything, you know, light some candles, play some music. If my wife's not home, I'm playing death metal. If she is home, I'm playing Sinatra. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Throw in the pan, yeah. saute it, sizzle it, get some butter in there. You know, use the eighteen year. This is one of my. This is one of my life mantras. I know I do it on the show too. We make mantras for the show. One of my life mantras is use the fucking eighteen year old balsamic. Like use it. What else are you gonna? You know, like, shoot the eighteen oh, year got, for the podcast. That's yeah, fine. It, dude, that's the, that's the number. Yeah, but it, it's just the joy of you know? There's a reason that the joy of cooking is what it is, and that like that commits to memory. It, it it's really uh, something I think that moves a lot of people, and for me, that nothing makes me happier than cooking food for other people. And yeah, cooking for my wife is spectacular, but I cannot wait for the day that I can cook for other people as well.
2: Again, uh, really quick aside, you yes. mentioned uh, holy true... shit,
0: you nailed the end of your response. I the know, but you have You uh, you I'm mentioned
2: true crime podcasts. Yeah, uh, mark this one down. Okay, uh, WTOP. They are a radio station in Washington D.C. Okay, they are a Hubbard affiliate. They're the top news radio station in the country. They did a series called 22 Hours in American Nightmare." I it, just heard about this today. It, it went. Oh, it won a ton oh, of awards. I'm just, yeah,
1: I'm actually going to subscribe right now. Or um, but just if you follow
2: TOP's uh, Twitter account,
0: yeah.
2: Uh, but but uh, I think I think it's their platform is Podcast One. Boom. Um, it but it's it's so freaking good, and I mean I'm not. A true crime fan, but i 'm a fan of just broadcasting sure. and uh, the two reporters that did this were uh, covering the story as it unfolded yeah and it's wow, it's shit. so I was down a that? I was down at a uh, podcast convention uh a year ago last August, and um, I met the the director of this and just we, he and I just sat like this. Mm-hmm. Had beers in the hotel lobby and just talked about the, the the business and everything. And he says, "I'm not even a true crime fan, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a podcast junkie. Oh, that's okay. great. It was just it's cool. And I and I just got into it. Huge business right now. Oh yeah. my it's god, wild how but, popularized. But what's incredible, crime you guys, become. is the evolution of of the podcast itself and how. So I went down to this convention and okay, I want to sign up for this class and see how this is done and sign up for that class. The crime podcast, you had to take a number as a lottery just yeah. to even get oh, in. Oh, man. It's, it's it big, it, it it's was. Big money. It was nuts. Big business. So, it's anyway, cool. just. Everybody it, wants to solve a crime. It's really like, cool. Like,
1: I've, so, I finished Night Stalker yeah. two nights ago about. So dark. Fucking Richard Ramirez. Yeah. And that the production quality of that, I was texting my friend Katie about it last night. We were just kind of debriefing. You never would have seen those production qualities uh-huh. in a true crime doc, even like three years ago. Yeah. It's such big money now that it's... I mean, Netflix is featuring it on the marquee. Look at, look at what like they, like they did with the All Be Gone in the
0: Dark. All. I mean, that is that that is a movie quality video or, like, I mean, documentary, I Well, guess. HBO's always done it, but yeah. it never garnered the kind
1: oh. of attention it does now, so they're like, oh, oh shit, okay. They're, like, top posting stuff that they recorded fucking 15 years ago the west memphis 3 stuff Ugh. that's that's ancient by hbo standards but yep. they could put that right on the marquina and be like oh, there was
2: nothing new on hbo max this week but run it again did you ever see this <laughs> cuz you should yeah because there's people like me that are wait the sopranos is on you know it's <laughs> who <laughs> you know that are so far behind the trend with all that stuff that's all
0: right though it's yeah. fun when you get to binge something when nobody else is watching it cuz then you just get to be it for you there's an account on twitter that's called like
2: like super out-of-date movie reviews or something but you could tell it's like me it's some 42 year old dad just trying to and it's got a ton of followers (laughs) but he's like whoa you know titanic didn't see that ending come you know it's it's things like that where he's reacting to a movie that came out you know 25 years ago it's hilarious uh spoiler alert you guys see heat that was a good one spoiler alert (laughs) i know it was the sixth sense there you go that's what it was that was the sixth sense no way the kid will you know this is like oh my god this is so funny yeah anyway
0: i got to see the sixth sense with a guy an italian guy who didn't understand the language when they explained what happened and he was like bane why do you think this movie is so good and i'm like Wait, what did, what did you not like about it? And we were going back and forth. He goes, Wait, he was dead? <laughs> the whole time? <laughs> Holy shit! This movie is amazing. And he just Armin. walked in a circle just yelling about the sixth uh, sense. Oh man. So Paolo th- Paolo, th- Paolo th- wherever you are, I love you, man. I
2: thought maybe
1: he had a sixth sense and realized that nope. M. Night Shyamalan is full of shit. <laughs> that would have
0: been amazing. No. Like this so funny. <laughs> it was it just took a little bit of explanation. Wait, he was dead? the whole time, the whole time? <laughs> holy shit this is amazing um, he ran
1: around the theater like Danny Rojas oh,
0: no, no no we were outside the theater he was just oh, running in a circle better. out in front of the theater like where the cars are picking people up just yelling yeah. holy cheat uh, <laughs> Uh, I knew, I knew you were going to answer that question that way. And obviously that would have been my yep, answer. Jumped her out. And, uh, and yesterday, uh, you can um, still, you no, can, no, I actually think this is it. legit. I posted about this yesterday it shows on listeners Facebook.
1: that we're actually friends. This isn't just a business proposition and we hate each other. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it, it, it is true.
0: I, I, I love, I, I think if you've ever been poor when you can provide for others, it is a feeling that other people don't understand. Yeah, And I, I, I'm not saying that somehow rich people don't get how great it is to make food for other people. I'm not trying to put that. I'm just saying there's a different feeling. It's all about when, empathy. When you've had to judge whether or not you could meet friends at a restaurant because you couldn't afford dinner, when you get to make them dinner, it's a wildly different feeling. And I don't think wherever I go with my life, successful or not, I will never lose that feeling. And that will always... Be somewhere in the back of my mind whenever I splurge on something. It's can I do this? Oh, oh I, I can. Okay, I should think about how grateful yep. I am to have that moment. But uh, yesterday, um, I I got teary because a friend sent me a photo that uh, had been taken without me knowing it uh, originally uh, of me on stage with a thousand people with their hands in the air and me with a mic in my hand. And uh, I think that that's actually my zen. I think there's, there's a weird moment where the minute I stop hearing my own voice echoing through my skull and I hear a crowd cheering back, that is, uh, that is something that I hope everyone on earth gets to feel. It, it won't have to be the same thing, obviously, but like what the buzz that that gives my blood is something that I will never not chase. There is something about knowing that you made a thousand strangers become a thing for a second. Immediately afterwards, it's gone. Half the people will like the song, the other half won't, even if it's at a concert where they're all there to see the same band. People won't agree on the set list, they won't agree on like how much they had to pay for a beer, they won't agree with like how much the cab cost, or like how long somebody wants to stay, like... But for that one fucking moment mm-hmm. when everybody puts their hands in the air and everyone cheers, there, there is something. And, like, looking at, again, looking at my friend Sydney when she's riding a horse and she talks about it, it's, she gets that for, you know, hours. I get it for a little second. Well, it's because it's unity. But for that little second, yeah. that reverberates, I would say probably two-thirds of the gigs I've ever done in my life. I have tried to find a way to weasel out of earlier in the day. I don't want to do it. I just want to go home and be with my wife. I Like, literally, since Jenny and I so met. Since
1: getting on a roller coaster. It, absolutely. Like a kid getting on a roller coaster. I used to do it with don't the Timberwolves. Don't want a fucking A. That was awesome. <laughs> of, the,
0: of the entire season I did with the Timberwolves, there were two games of that entire season that I didn't try and think of a reason that I should get sick so I can't be there. Oh my throat's fucked up. I have laryngitis. Like every Peter Brady excuse you could come up with, for at least ten minutes I would entertain it. And the minute you walk out on that court, yep. the minute that you hear even like in pre game when it's like two or three thousand people, the minute that you hear them start cheering. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. And and i've gotten it thankfully from stand-up comedy i've gotten it from improv i've gotten it from the timberwolves i've gotten it from djing i've always found a way to get there and i'm at a point in my life where i have to like understand that there's not going to be a whole lot more of those and that makes them even more valuable to me so 2021 the push is to try and figure out like well what charity shit can i do where i can offer up the fact that I don't get weirder on a microphone, yeah, and I want to I want to help the charity, mm-hmm. well, do you but a little like, bit of me just well, needs let me, that.
1: Let me ask you this. Let me let me pull this aside for a second. Have you found that you're more comfortable in those scenarios than you were, say, when you were with the Wolves? Yeah. Like, okay. So you did actually develop because a I can because I can I
0: can honestly care about that, and it's not that I didn't love the Timberwolves,
1: but. Well, what I'm asking is, do you get stage fright still? Or is it just... Or, like, not stage fright. I mean, it could just be, like, buildup of nerves.
0: um, Paul Allen, who is a local... For everybody not from Minneapolis, Paul Allen is a local radio personality uh, who is the biggest Vikings fan on Earth. And Paul Allen is, like... Kevin Harlan is my all-time microphone idol. If I could eventually even just meet Kevin Harlan and tell him, thank you. That would be probably my favorite celebrity on earth just to get to say thank you to, because he was the guy that I modeled myself after. And when, when he gets throaty, I get raspy, but like, that's the way that I make my calls is very much modeled after Kevin, Kevin Harlan. PA is like a local version of that for me. Like the way that he can get really throaty when he's getting excited, but then bring it right back down to the, like, I love that whole thing. And, um, uh pa came up to me and basically just said hey like you know you're doing a good job keep it up and it was the idea that other people that i was emulating i I, never mind i just got completely sidetracked from what you actually asked me what what was your question (laughs) Sorry. This this is what the show is all about. Yeah. Well and and again, I wanna I wanna show everybody the guts here.
1: Did you did you ever deaden the nerves when it came to like the way you felt for those Wolves games? That was why I brought that up. So
0: when PA came up to me, Mm -hmm. he basically said, You're doing a good job, kid. Uh, and Marnie Gellner did the same thing and forever for the rest of my life I will absolutely adore Marnie Gellner. But I I said to PA, I'm like, "I, I hate this every single day before I do it and then I do it and it's my favorite thing on earth and he just looked at me and he goes that's because you care and he walked away and that's that's it I know that I have to feel like that because I at the end of the day all the nerves are is that I don't believe in myself that's always it I look at 20,000 people or 500 people or 100 people at a charity gathering. And I think all of these people are here to do better things than listen to me fucking yammer on. Like, if you're clicking on our podcast, we did this because we love doing this. If you're clicking on the podcast, I fucking love you. When I have to look at you, it's a lot more nerve-wracking because I understand that I'm taking up your time. Every word that I say is a moment of your time that you don't get back. So I want to make it worth it. The minute that I don't feel that anymore will be the minute that I don't want to do this anymore. And. As much as that makes me a little bit, like, uh, masochistic, like, I I want to feel that, the fact is I need to feel that way so that when it fades away, that's where that bliss moment is. You know, I'm sure—I I, I shouldn't try and put words into, into your wife's mouth, but I know for a fact Yeah, that, please don't. That would wreck my marriage. Well, no, but, like, <laughs> I understand, like, there's probably a side that's, like— Holy shit, it's incredibly expensive to have oh, a horse yeah. and upkeep yeah. it, oh, don't, and do don't, don't. it. Don't 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 yeah. There's that that a... <laughs> thought's crossed my mind more right. than once, Ben. <laughs> and I'm sure maybe that thought crosses somebody's <laughs> mind when they're going out there. Sure. But the minute that you get on the it's horse it. that it's yep. done. Yep. That's it. And that that's the thing for me is I don't feel I don't feel comfortable doing it until I know holy shit, everybody's in. And then we're good. And then, then there's like a whole different level where I don't remember half the things I say. I've had people be like, oh, dude, that was awesome. What did you just say? I'm like, I'm... <laughs> I saw a video when the, the year that Prince died in April, we did a Prince tribute at the State Fair. And uh, Chris, you were nice enough to have us on your show. Yep. And we had the awesome. cloud guitar and we had the, the three-eyed glasses. That night, we had over 7,000 people show up. And at one point I parted the entire crowd and went into it and asked everybody to have like the world's largest group hug. And 7,000 people had a giant group hug while we played Purple Rain and sang it together. I didn't remember that until I saw the video. (laughs) Like I knew I did that, but right, right. But I didn't remember anything that I said. I didn't, because once you click into that, then it's, then it's not conscious thought anymore. I'm just in the moment and I'm vibing with the crowd and we're just doing this thing. And that was such a, like, to get to see a video of that was, like, super surreal, which I'm sure other people would, like, if she saw a POV video of her riding a horse, she mm-hmm. wouldn't know what facial, facial expression she was making. Or if a guitar player is in the middle of a solo, there's no way that they're actually conscious of, like, the faces that they're making when they're doing it. Or, I guess, any of us in sex. Like, you don't want to think about the faces that you're making. <laughs> but there's a moment... When you when when it's over, when you're like, "Fuck, that was amazing," yeah. and that's that that I you guess just wear the three head glasses. Yeah, it? there you go. That's <laughs> you look cool. that that's it, and and it's it's no it's, matter what you're doing. I can talk myself into a lot of different things. the The Timberwolves thing, especially with how bad that team was for a while, and then got good, and then Ricky blew out his ACL. Did that,
1: did that make it? That had to have made it easier for you.
0: No, it made it harder. Really? Because everyone in your ear. You have five. Produces I'm in saying with a
1: bad team and people barely paying attention. No, they, let me, let me,
0: That let me, means you have to do more work. That's exactly because what you're the one the who has to pick it up. Yeah. Like
1: okay, oh, but for that element, okay,
2: Because right, that makes a lot of sense. In that, in the crowd. Yep. Complete apathy. Certainly,
1: but also you're you're appealing to fewer people.
0: Agreed. They already bought
1: the ticket. But but it's right? not
0: it's not like, the it's not the size of the crowd. It's the fact that you're having to do one on one shit with people. Mm-hmm. Like but when you're if, when you have a team that is seven and twenty six. And you're like, hey, I'm standing here with Doug from Belle Plaine who drove 45 minutes to get here. Doug, in the ho- snow. Doug, how do, you feel, how do you feel about buying another year of season tickets? And then you put it and they just stare at you and you're like, well, we're going to go back to you, Marty, down to the court. because We're, talking, is we're talking
1: about extremes, though, because that's like such a low end of extreme that the crowd is like. Yeah, you, know, like you can hear a fucking fart. But that's why up. it's tougher. You okay, give, you give. I'm saying, me, like, it's almost, it's almost like mediocrity could be the most difficult thing. Yeah, absolutely. It, people are like, 100%.
0: Should I be interested? Reavers, you brought up the All Star game. <laughs> yeah. I was the official MC for Major League Baseball for their, like, actual Major League Baseball, like, private party. They had OAR and some other band doing it, and I'm, like, the guy on the stage. I literally, at one point, held my hand in the air and just said, Baseball! And 10,000 people cheered. (laughs) I have never cared less about a gig in my life than I did about that because I knew that everything that I said, they would just go nuts. Because they're drinking free beer, they're eating Mm -hmm. free food, and they're getting wasted for a game that they don't give a shit about. There's no stakes to it. I yelled, baseball in a park, they arrested me. The same way, just like you did.
2: Do you know my? Do you know my All Star Game story? <laughs> I don't. So this was the night of the Home Run Derby because the All Star Game was Tuesday. Yep. This was the Monday night. We yep. had done the broadcast live from there. I was also there that night. Okay, <clears throat> and so you know, I had the credential, and that was the night that they were doing that specialized Town Ball Burger, right? or oh, yeah. whatever they called it, right? And so uh, I go, "Well, I, I want to go try the Town Ball Burger because we we got a meal." Media got a meal certificate that they could redeem at a concession stand each night, whatever. So I go up to Town Ball Tavern, which is my favorite hang at Target Field, and it was all roped off. and And I thought, Oh God, what the hell? But I had my credential on and I had my fifteen hundred ESPN red polo shirt on with my baseball <laughs> cap or whatever. Yeah. And I walk up, and she said, "Oh, do you do you? Uh, are you on the list?" Uh-huh. Is what she said. Of course. And I said, I said, well. And I could tell right away that it was closed off for a private party. So I said, well, honestly, I was down getting sound, and my boss is in here, because she said this was closed off for ESPN, the the network, not our piddly little AM station. And I said, well, to be honest, I, I was trying to get sound, and I can't get a feed, and my boss is in here, and I just need to ask him a couple questions. And she goes, oh, hon, I'm sorry. She goes, "Why well, are you here by yourself? And I said, yeah, she goes. Oh, just go in. I go. All right. Walking in, not knowing what the setup was, but there was a lot of people in there. Oh my God! And I walked up to that main bar at yep. Tomball Tavern, yep. and the guy said, uh, "What do you need?" And I said, "I'll just, I'll just take a Fulton or you know, whatever," because I was just looking at what was available. And and he said, "Okay." Opened it, set it down, and walked away. I went. Holy shit! Everything in here is free. <laughs> oh, and I—I kind of looked around. Like, do I recognize anybody? And I it's like said, Dumb and Dumber in the fucking. <laughs> oh, was, so I, I sat in that Put corner, off the edge of the bar, kind of in the back, where I could be kind of hidden from everyone, especially the main door. And I'm sitting. There, and he goes, "Do you need something?" And they had like carving stations. Of course, of, of,
0: course. of course,
2: the food you were describing—it was. I go, so I just kind of went and grabbed a little plate and just kind of sat there. He came back. He goes, you need another one? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so finally I said, do you need me to start a tab? He goes, no, man, we're, we're being taken care of. You're good. Because I said, well, I want to tip you. Yep. You know, service industry yep. for life. And he said, "He said, no, man, we're being taken care of. Don't, don't worry about it at all. I said, he goes, it's on your boss. And I went, well, it's not on my boss. But then my boss walks hey, in. A boss.
1: Woo. My boss
2: does walk in about an hour into this. And he looks at me. And he looks down, and he's, he's with three. covered in flap meat. Yeah, he's, he's, he's with three network His executives steak. from. You're wearing a scarf of meat. Yeah. And he looks at me, he goes, damn it, Reavers. You know, and he kind of walks over, and he goes, how'd you get in here? And I said, charm and charisma. <laughs> and he kind of laughed. <laughs> wow. And so he says, he goes, all right, listen, don't get drunk. Don't embarrass us. Get out of here you know, relatively soon. I went, you got it, boss, no problem. Dan's the best. And so so then about 30 minutes later, I'm standing next to Kent Herbeck and uh, Laudner and a pitcher that I didn't recognize, but they were all talking about, we're we're all watching the home run derby together. You know, Stanton's hitting bombs out of the ballpark. And uh, he kind of looked at me and, Kent might have recognized me as a guy that cause we would do twins fest every yeah, year. Yeah, of course. And he could tell right away I had no business being in there. And then he kind of looks at me and he goes, he goes, How'd you get in? I went, same way you did. He goes, that a boy. Gave me the gave me the cheers sign. And oh, it was awesome. I means fucking fantastic. That's the best, that it was the best so film. cool. It was okay. so cool. And remember, remember it was delayed because oh, yeah. it had rained. Yep. So it was a it, shitty weekend. They were it was supposed to be like this. You know, the Home Run Derby is like an hour and a half, two hours, mm-hmm. however long it is. That was like a four-hour. So that party went on forever. It's a lot I, of free drinks. And I finally said, I better get out of here right now. And so I, I snuck out. You and. can be
0: in there for a long time, but you can't be there at the end. No. you no, got to no, be no, gone. I know before. that rule. I know that rule. <laughs> like, like, Listen, I, Kent, I've been eating Prime River for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I probably better. What are you, yeah, you going to <laughs> <gonna, laughs> pull me out of this bar like Ron Gant? Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> By the way, head him on. Uh, Ron Gan. He was doing network, no shit. He was doing network coverage for MLB Network. I think he got the Braves like color commentary job sure. or somebody. But he's he was doing network stuff, so we had him on. And thinking, oh, you know, this was it was the anniversary of the Braves were in town, so it was like, oh, the rematch mm. or whatever, still pisses well, him. off. I'm
0: sure. And this was three years ago? Because he probably still has to listen to people giving oh, him shit about
2: that. Yeah, That's, he was not happy about it. it. <laughs> In fact, I did bring up... You know they made a bobblehead. What is that? about? Uh, hold on. Charles is <laughs> going
0: full jaws on us. That's prize.
2: I see the logo. Is that the... is prize
1: cartographer collection. El Camino, hazelnut, macaron, pastry stout.
0: That's fucking... Is it a stout? It's here. It is a stout. Oh, boy. But... Hello, here darkness, my old friend. <laughs> well, here, let, let's do this. L- why don't you crack that, and then uh, let's do our sign-offs right now. And we can we can do a, a little... What are
2: you talking about? We've only been at this for two hours. I, I mean, mean honestly,
0: I wasn't picturing you fucking swinging for the fences like this, but here we are. Yeah, man. Wait, where are we at? What's the time signature? This is 2.29.02. Uh, 02. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Wait, wait, wait. What's your record? What's your longest podcast episode? It was Brian. It was like 2.39, I think. Yeah. Guess. Well, then we're going 2.40. <laughs> I mean, I got a million stories if you want more you know, of them. I mean, I want to set the record. Friends. I love it so much.
0: I love everything <laughs> about no, this. But no, but
2: he, no, so seriously, I told Ron Gant that they had, he did, he was unaware that the twins had created a bobblehead, the Herbeck Gantt yeah. bobblehead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he sw- I had to dump him. He said, you're bleeping kidding me. He said the F word and I had to dump wow. him. Wow, as a radio guy. Yeah, he's, he was pissed. <laughs> He was legit pissed. And I i mean, I
0: guess I can't blame him. I'm always blown away that when Kent Herbeck does carrier air conditioning commercials, they don't just show like somebody pull up and then he has to like lift it into the window. Yeah. Just exactly the same way. That he well, did. I love it because every time I see that video
2: surface on. Yeah, for sure. I see that video surface on Twitter. I, I, I will watch the YouTube clip a hundred times. You have to. And the best was. Uh, You guys follow Super70Sports, right, on Twitter? Oh. I mean, he's the best. And then (laughs) I remember he he retweeted. I don't remember how long ago, but he retweeted and said, I don't know what Gant's complaining about. You know, because he's just, he (laughs) loves poking the bear. Whoever runs (laughs) Super70Sports, he's a freaking genius. He or she is a freaking genius. Yep. Because that Twitter account is is the best ever. We
1: could probably do a whole follow-up episode with only sports-oriented questions. We totally could. I used to work for Schinders. Yep. No I, way! Yeah, I uh, interfaced with a lot of athletes. I remember we did a signing in Rosemount, Illinois, and it was the first time I met Chris Carter. And he, What would you think? He has beautifully manicured nails. Like his hands are, he could be a hand yep. model. And I remember I went up, I got all the gear signed for Shinders, and I said to him, dude, and this is a long time ago, like very long. This is like. Well, he was obviously still playing. It's like twenty years ago. Okay, uh, he might have been. Something. I think his last year
2: was 0-2 That yeah, sounds I'm, right. I'm trying
1: to think of who he was with at the time. The Dolphins. He,
2: he, I, I want to say he was with the Dolphins. Yeah, because you remember that game. Uh, that's the game that he was playing with Miami. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Vikings were it was Tice's first year mm-hmm. yep. and he kept barking at everybody, Gary Anderson can't make that. Remember that looping field goal mm-hmm. he nailed from fifty yeah. two? I was I was at the game that yeah. they played here. They were here when yes. he was with the
1: Dolphins. Okay, so that was that same against weekend. The Vikings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh the but the the trade show was some other time. He was in Rosemont, okay. Illinois. Gotcha. And I saw his like beautiful like glint like I was blinded. Glinting. Like, the light was bouncing off his fingers and blinding me. And I was like, damn, Chris, your hands are pretty. Take good care of those. And he was like, you better believe it. These are my moneymakers. Like right. I'll never forget him saying that, like, yeah. the way he said it, like, confidently. Like, you better believe it. These are my money makers. But, like, his Guts hands to, were, oh like, yeah. perfect. Yep. Like, pristine, perfect, beautiful, shiny, glowing. It probably insured for $2 million <laughs> right. or something. That was yeah, super cool to have that be the first experience. I also here's another aside. Ryan Sandberg was another employee, just Miyahara, who worked for Schinder's. Hold, hold on, history. can I time right. out real quick? I have
0: um, to I have to embody my friend Shannon Moldlin for a second. Okay. Who was my introduction to the Cubs. Every time I would say Ryan Sandberg, she would say Ryan. There's yeah. no ah, uh, Ryan.
1: The, it's like the syllable. Every single I read, time right? I
0: said his name. Okay. Ryan. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I, I know Shannon listens every now and then. Okay. So uh, shout out to you, so my dear.
1: Lemon Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, Lemon right. Ryan Sandberg. <laughs> it was at a trade show. Good old um, pork <laughs> Ryan Sandberg. <laughs> yeah. and, okay. So Justin Miyahara wasn't part of like the memorabilia squad. It was his favorite player. He says, can you please get me an autograph? Here's the ball and you know, he bought one of the balls off the shelves. He's like, can you please ever write uh, uh, Brian, Brian Sandberg sign this for me? <laughs> and me and Jamie Frandrup, who we, we're the ones who were going to these trade shows, we're like, yeah, absolutely, my friend. No problem. So we go to the show. Ryan Sandberg's there. We meet him. And we say, hey, like, we work with this guy. He's your biggest fan. Oh but we can't bring this ball back unless you write something awful on here. <laughs> I don't remember the exact phrasing That's awesome I don't remember the exact phrasing But you are on the ball like uh, I hear you're an asshole (laughs) Thanks thanks for being my biggest fan You shitbag (laughs) Ryan Sandberg And we were, like, laughing the whole way home, like, how are we going to get this motherfucker? We get the ball. He got the biggest kick out of it. It's also, like, a very unusual thing.
2: Yeah. Like, what a rarity to have a ball. But I guarantee he loved that. that. I I... guarantee he loved that. Because, you know, you want something different. I want to. No, that's what I'm saying is, like, when
1: he received it, he was like, this is amazing. And we're like, fuck. (laughs) All right. It is kind of
0: amazing. (laughs) We didn't think about it. We wanted to offend you. And it turns out you had something really cool. (laughs) That's the best. I, I, uh. The best man in my wedding, Mister Stephen Kelly, who has been uh, one of my closest friends for twenty oh shit eighteen years now. Uh, <clears throat> we both have a love for Kyle Kinane, the comedian. Oh, okay. he uh, he's a voice of like Comedy Central, and he's done a shit ton of like specials and whatever. And uh, slam this fucking beer. No, I still got. <laughs> By the way, I've been sipping the
2: whole time. You this were talking, is motherfucker. So good. This is incredible. The aroma is almost better than the taste, and the taste is incredible. Yeah,
0: the the as soon as you poured it and set it over here, it was great because you could just smell exactly what you were about to get. What's
2: it called again? Sorry, El Camino. El Camino by Price. Wow. Price Brewing. So it's a good.
1: cartographer collection. Whew. Hazelnut macaron stout. Oof, Sorry, Quan. My boy
0: loves some hazelnuts. Oh yeah, that's why they call me the hazelnut werewolf. Girl. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> oh. so Kyle was coming and. I also, I share a vocal timbre with Kyle where if I just kind of rough it up a little bit, like that's pretty much what his comedy sounds like, you know, like uh, coming up next on Comedy Central, it's Dave Chappelle's show. Like that's just how he is. And we were supposed to go to the show and then I got scheduled on a business trip. So I had to bounce out and his wife went with, they had a blast. They got a record signed, uh, dear Ben, you're no Steve, love Kyle. First record. <laughs> Three years later, Kyle comes back on tour. Even bigger, he's at the, I think, Pantages. We're supposed to go, and uh, again, I have to go on a work trip. Signs that album. Hey, Ben, you should quit your fucking job, <laughs> Kyle Canane. <laughs> Third autograph was, Ben, I'm fucking done with you. Love, Kyle Canane. We've him up. <laughs> so every it's Kyle Canane vinyl I have... Is an escalating amount of aggression That's from literally fantastic. one of my favorite stand-up comics yeah. on Earth, who I've still never met, and my fucking best man at my wedding keeps meeting him and then giving me records That's of him talking shit to me. Awesome, and Good. I absolutely yeah. adore them. It's it's literally something. That's that, I why
2: think. comedians are the absolute freaking best. I mean, I, I mentioned Colleen; I worked with her for for three who, years. Who,
0: by the way. uh, I don't know if Colleen will listen to this. Hopefully, if we tag her in it, she will. Um, Colleen twice has met me and been so incredibly kind to me at charity events. She is the shit. And also, as you said, fucking hilarious.
2: She's so funny. And she's as down to earth as anybody alive. But it was funny because the show that we did. and, And by the way, she's a smoke show. So every male comedian was always a fan of hers. And so I'll never forget this. Louis Black, one of my favorite comedians ever, was in town. And he came in studio to be on our show. And I thought, are you kidding me? This is and this was I think Colleen and I had just started working together. So we weren't it's not that we didn't like but we just weren't as comfortable around each other. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't know how much she wanted me to jump in or whatever. Sure. But I just thought, this is gonna be the coolest job ever. You know, you're thinking about all these. But apparently, here's how dedicated Lewis is to the underground comedy scene. He has a Apparently, like a six million dollar mansion yep. in Manhattan, and he will allow traveling comedians to stay at his place just so they can go Very somewhere cool. rent free, so they have a place to yeah. crash. And he has awesome. one rule: don't break. <laughs> the rules are: don't fucking break anything. And he said, and if you drink any fucking bottle of alcohol, you replace it. Mm-hmm. That's his only rules. Okay. That's so cool. <laughs> that is so freaking. Good. I don't want to. I don't want to push in That's some cachet, but I had
0: dinner with with Lewis Black, uh, at sticks at Acme. No way. Um, thanks to a friend of a friend. Um, he was like, yeah, bring him with, we went. And, uh, obviously like headlining comedians make a lot of money. Uh, the, the featured comedian makes some money. The MC and the, like they make nothing. Right. Even, even on national tours, they make shit. And it's character building. Yep. And that's what everybody, they all have different <laughs> terms for it. And I get the idea of, like, stay hungry <laughs> as you grow, but holy shit. Yeah, it's a grind. And yeah. uh, I, saw, I saw Louis Black at Acme uh, before he went full theater for the rest of his career. And uh, we were supposed to be having, it was supposed to be four of us at dinner. And I walked in, and there was a table of 12. And he invited every single comic that was going to be on the stage that night and told them to bring either a significant other or somebody else that they knew. You don't have to pay for anything. It's all on me. Just come and have a nice meal before we get into
2: this. That's awesome. And
0: I probably said 12 words the entire night that weren't thank you or may I please have another water. Like, and I made sure like, I had a separate tab for drinks and whatnot. And he kept telling me not to. Which is, again, he doesn't even fucking... He has no relation. I don't do anything in comedy. I was just there with a friend who was a comic. But the fact that he kept reiterating, I want you guys to have a great night tonight. I want you to think about, like, hey, tonight's not a grind. Tonight is exactly what it needs to be. That was like watching – it's like watching – Like, Who knew uh, Lewis Black would ma- want to make anyone relax? Well, and no but, doubt. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> that's also a great thing to talk about. He's <laughs> not <laughs> like that when he's, he's, he's not building, on he's stage. In fact, up, that was yeah. the big
2: part of the conversation was I'm a Everybody, character. He's you know, I'm relaxed. playing a role when like, I'm on, on stage. He yeah. told
0: us that the, the pointer finger things were because he was so nervous at bigger crowds that his hands would start shaking. And when he started trying to figure out – because he was mad at himself for doing it. He got a little bit more gestury and then people would freak out because they loved it. And it was that was how he masked <laughs> yeah, he his nerves. His, he found his way Yep. Uh, and that. so now he goes, he goes, it doesn't matter if it's a huge crowd or a small crowd. If I'm nervous, nobody fucking knows because everyone's used to it. And watching him do it, I'm like, holy fuck. Like you just tapped into the other side of the matrix and didn't tell any of us how right. to get there.
2: I just love it, too, when he's telling the if I become rich, I'm going to get my own personal ball washer. It's just like, that is such yep. a great bit. That's it. Future oh. guest of the show. In fact, uh, is the rumor true that... Uh, uh, Louie, right? Louis yep. is the guy that runs Acme? Yep. It, wasn't it true that he would do a set there for free to help, to try, A, try out new material, but he just really wanted to support Acme? Used to, but okay. yes. Okay, yep. I, I, I okay. Yep. I thought that that was the case, There's- Acme's There's Acme's widely respected...
1: Uh, but nationally yeah. maybe universally yep. respected acme yep. is on par with Club. first avenue it's, as far
0: as it's renowned for history nationally and, yeah
1: yep. i mean there's i have seen many many shows there in comics who come through I, i've been to recordings there that comics are very pointed to record it's not the fucking acoustics obviously but comics are very pointed. That like they're there for a reason. Like it's a perfect historic room, Acme Comedy Club. It's it's pretty cool that we yeah. have that here.
0: It's uh. It's also really going back to like the crowd thing. That is the most daunting stage that I've ever stood on. I just I, knowing the history. Really, it murdered me. I have I have two live recordings of me doing a f- f- comedy show at Acme, and they are unlistenable <laughs> because. I was so nervous the entire time because you're you're basically like, if I was a religious person, I am standing in the Vatican, yeah, to right, me, right, right to right, me, right. and doing that. Right. And for whatever reason, I've been on the stage at First Avenue before, and it's not the same because it's not as intimate. I can look over everybody's eyes and just like kind of glaze over at First Ave. At Acme, you are in everyone's face. You're in the weeds. You're in the fuck. Thank you. High five. <laughs> and honestly, with that high five. I will say that, Chris Reavers, you are new, the record owner for the longest podcast!
2: I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> I'd like to thank my mom and dad for uh, conceiving me and, and having me in November of 1977.
0: I'd like to thank all of our wives for letting us go this long well, for that, a podcast that's that we it, for I sure have a text told to all of us. Yeah. yeah. i I also do i guarantee you charles does that's probably why he took his phone that's probably why he left (laughs) i'm done with you two idiots uh i will i will also admit to the crowd that uh episode 15 is the first time that i had to take a pee break in the middle of the episode Is that where you went yeah (laughs) well i went to go get i went to get his glasses because we were going to be drinking delmore 18 and i wanted him to have like a clean glass and it's sort of that thing of i don't know if you get this but like Even if you don't have to go to the bathroom, like the the metrodome was a great example of this. Even if you didn't have to go to the bathroom, if you're in line for a beer near the troughs, you go, you smell it. And then you're like, Oh fuck. I got to piss. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, And and you also at the dome, the, the beauty of the dome, first of all, Anybody that criticized it that wasn't from here, you're not allowed to criticize. That's our job. Yeah. We rip the dome. Yeah. You're yep. not Coilet allowed to rip Bowl the dome. dome. Yeah. We yeah. rip the dome and Snow
0: rips the dome. No one else rips the dome. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so you would always walk us. So I kind of miss it.
2: I kind of miss it. I'm a 26-year season ticket holder of the Vikings, all right? Ooh. So I always remember, because when I first started going to Vikings games, uh, I was 16. I, I got it when, because back in 1994, people don't remember this. Viking home games got blacked out because yep. we didn't sell yes, enough tickets. I and that's why I finally said, I want to watch the freaking game. So I got <laughs> season tickets. 1994. Guess what season, a season ticket was? I did
0: the same thing, but I said, I want to watch the fucking game. Okay,
2: so thank fine. you. <laughs> 1994. Take a guess at what a one season ticket was in 1994. Warren a Moon's or first or the year. season. For the season. Oh, one season ticket. 600, 600 bucks. I have no one hundred and forty-eight dollars for the
0: season. That's so it was ridiculous.
2: fourteen fifty a game or whatever. It was. I could
0: have afforded that on my Fuddruckers salary.
2: So I was working at Fairbow Ace Hardware at the time. Compute well, no. and
0: keep in mind
2: gas for me driving from Faribault to downtown it was Minneapolis, more expensive than the tickets. was more expensive than the ticket and parking. Well, yeah. no, parking was probably not more than ten bucks. Negligible
1: at the time. Yeah. Um,
2: but anyway, so you would always go. Okay, I'm going to go down because I didn't drink, you know, until mm-hmm. I got to college. And so I would say, I'm going to grab a pop. I'm going to grab a dog. And then, oh, can I sneak in a pee or not now? Nah, I'll I'll wait till mm-hmm. next next quarter. But you never went at halftime. Don't be an idiot. You don't go to the bathroom no. at halftime. You're going to stand in line until the end of fucking the third noob? quarter. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So that was always the game you would yeah. play when you would walk down from your Strategize. Seat. Yeah. Section
0: 216, row 22, Second drive, first 11. quarter is always when I would pee. Yes. Because that's when everybody wait, sucked when? in. It. Second wait, wait. drive of the first quarter. Didn't matter if it was Vikings okay. or the opponent. Second drive of the first quarter, I would hold it until I could pee then. And then that would usually get me until... Like right after the first quarter, you already had to pee. You, yeah, okay, you were tailgating. We, a we were tailgating. <laughs> <You were tailgated. laughs> yeah. Okay. So then, then the next pee would happen somewhere in the middle of the third quarter when everybody had gone to the bathroom and waited forever and then were just on their way back to their seats. The first time the bathroom was open was like 10 minutes into the third quarter, then you're good to go.
2: Let me see if I can pull this up.
0: Were you with uh, our, our
2: dear friend Melly? Were you at the Bears game on New Year's Day with us? I was
0: DJing. That's right. You and Dudley were DJing. <laughs> and then, yes, I was at the game, but I wasn't with you. Do you remember the guy? Oh yes,
2: <clears throat> that had the guy. I know
0: exactly who you're talking. He about. had
2: he he had broken his arm or yep. shattered his. He had something where his arm was in a sling. But
0: okay. it was it was the full like sling with the ace bandage around from bicep all the way around through the elbow. And, and he forearm. wore it like it was a backpack, so he was like holding his arm
2: in place <laughs> as to not even move it. So we're at. This is New Year's Day. We had all worked the night before because okay. we were all bartending on New year Year's is Eve. What year like, Range,
0: second year of T, of US Bank. First year. S- first year. First oh, year okay. of US I think Bank. It might have been first year because yeah. we
2: always play the Bears the last game. It of was seventeen.
0: Uh, we were DJing outside, and we were we had to put um, hand warmer pads on the vinyl. When we weren't playing, it so because it was so because it was so cold that the needle couldn't even read the record because it was so brittle, <laughs> it was good. skipping like that. Literally, that's how cold it was. It was the year that the 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 the, the two people had repelled
2: with the pipeline protest. Yep. it was whatever the it was year the, that it was, was the
0: first year of the Vikings. Okay, the USA. It's, it's,
1: it's, it's like twenty seventeen probably sixteen or Six, seventeen. I think it was sixteen.
2: I can't remember. Oh. It, no, it seventeen. We made the playoffs. Remember. 17. It would, well, whatever year it was. Anyway. First year of, okay. So, I, so this Doesn't guy matter. is, we're all out tailgating watching Ben and Dudley do their mm-hmm. thing or having beers or whatever. Yeah. And here's this guy wrapped in this damn thing with an IV that he's got, you know, like you would see in the hospital. on Really? Wheels. He's dragging it? And he had a <laughs> handle of fireball. In the other yep. hand or in the same hand? hand? In the, in the other in the, hand. In the free hand. Oh. And he had a damn IV through, bless bag. bless it.
0: I couldn't it was, believe it. <laughs> we we just kept watching Did he dump
2: and, it? He should have dumped it into the Ivy
0: Well that's, that's what we were trying to figure out. Like, is this a joke? Like, are you just trying to is be this, a fake statement? <laughs> I, I walked up to him <laughs> but,
2: and talked to him. And, but, Go like, this, the hospital's
0: right there. I mean, it's legit yeah, to think yeah, you could block. Oh, man. No and <laughs> there's two liquor stores down there. I mean, in theory, he could have done that. And we just kept, like... You know, Again, I'm trying to hype up the crowd, and we're doing all this shit, and then we we just kept getting stuck. And the best part was, no matter how big the crowd was, I just kept seeing Reavers. And again, we're both being tall individuals. You can kind of see over the crowd, and you could just see the IV bag, and he'd be like, yeah, but what's that guy doing? I I walked over to Ben, and I said, he's going to die. He is going to die out here. I was like, oh, it's not my job. So did we lose him, or? We never, we never saw oh, him. Never like, saw we, all, him we all went into the game afterwards. Yeah, like, we all, time, yeah, we all right. went to the game. None of us
1: we, has ever seen him again. We had <laughs> to
0: pack up. The, that was the worst part is like, obviously, we got paid and then you know, we got to free tickets to the game. Yeah. But they were like, before you go to the game, you have to pack up all of this gear. We are not going to give you a parking spot. So you have to. So Dudley and I literally probably packed up about 240 pounds of gear and then had to huff it like seven blocks to drop it off and then run back. So by the time he got back the whole plaza was cleared out. So hope he made it back. Oh my god. Weird I IV never, fireball guy. I never sure forget forget. And if he didn't, my guess is What that a glorious All <laughs> yeah, right, he you literally he went out in a fireball. <laughs> you figured it all out right after that. He died doing what he loved. <laughs> all right, so we figured out a
2: fireball and <laughs> an IV on the Vikings Plaza.
0: Chris Reivers is now the new record holder for the longest episode we've ever had. You Thank you. It. Thank you. Uh, I'm happy for us <laughs> for doing this. I'm going to do this in a reverse order because I think this would actually be kind of funny. So uh, if you're looking for me on uh, social media, just look for the underscore Quaminist on Instagram or Quaminist on uh, Twitter. Um, our, we're basically like LFE podcast on most things. Otherwise. At Libations for Everyone on Facebook, the, Instagram.
1: And then at LFE Pod on Twitter, but at libations for everyone. There you go. Is is what you should be looking for. for if free. you're
0: looking for Charles Wad. I'm just
1: gonna say this. If you're looking for me, I, I wanna hear feedback on Ooh, the yeah. pod. We have a lot of listeners, we have had fantastic guests. Um, people seem to be really into the questions that we ask and stuff, but I wanna I'm gonna start doing this every episode. Charles at libationsforeone Send me emails. Like, just let me know. You know, if you're mad about the shit I said about vegans, all right, that's cool. Fucking send me an email. Like, as long as possible, please. I will read the whole thing. I promise. And if you have any, if you have, if you have email requests for guests, things like that. Questions? um, Yeah. We're in the Twin Cities. Here, I'll tell you this as well. Here's another thing. We're debriefing. We're in, we're in Minneapolis, but we're working on. Uh, having the capability to interview people in other cities, even if we can't meet them, especially this time and place, you know, we're talking about, it's, it's now January 2021. In the future we would like to be able to in person interview people, even in markets that are not our own because we actually have a number of listeners, like quite a few listeners that are not in the twin cities of Minneapolis. However, we are working on being able to interview people mm-hmm. from other markets using the technologies. So fucking give us requests. Like, you know someone in Austin, Texas that maybe will want to talk to us? Let us know. Let's do like, it. We'll figure it Charles out. Charles at libationsforeveryone everyonecom
0: Love that shit. Now, the reason I did it backwards that way is because I wanted to ask Chris Reavers if he would do Patrick Royce saying where to find Chris Reavers. Well,
2: uh, first of all, if you can get him out of the bar, that fucking dumbass is probably half in a bag while watching highlights of the
0: Bills versus
2: the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that being said, uh, he is at Chris Reavers for some reason. The dumb Dutch put a U after the V, or excuse me, ahead of the V. I uh, I don't know what the hell, two vowels in a row. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, that's just what I'm seeing. That being said, uh, you could also uh, follow the Garage Logic podcast at garagelogic.com. Yes, sir. Yes yes,
1: yes, yes. Are you sure you that was not planned? I think he was just ready to do that impression. This <laughs> makes me so happy. The best happy. part
0: is, um, <laughs> uh,
2: I will get a random Roycey call, and it's one of those things where when he's calling you, you need to drop everything. Yeah, because of course. you know it's an observation that he will forget because he's older than shit uh, later on. Yes. So you need that observation in that moment. And I'll just put it this way. Um, yesterday's call, excuse me, Sunday's call before the Chiefs game was an observation about the um, about the my pillow guy. Yes. And, um, yes. I said yes. Uh, it started off with, I got an idea. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just going <laughs> to. That's why he is an American treasure and whether you agree or disagree with his (laughs) takes on sports, he is just the freaking best storyteller of (laughs) all time. And if you ever have the ability to hear a profane laden story, you have to take advantage of that. Unfortunately, I've been able to do that for a couple of
0: years. My last time as a guest on the beer show, uh, I pulled in as Ricey was walking out and I don't know if I didn't know or if I just had forgotten that he didn't drink. Yeah. But I'm, like, loading up all my shit and, like, you know, trying to make sure that I can, like, carry everything in. Because it's once you get in the back door, it's a long walk to yep. the studio. So yep. you just want to make sure you're set. So I got, like, my cooler and I got a little extra beer that I was going to send you home with and whatever. And Ricey's walking out and he goes, looks like you're going to have a good time today. <laughs> and I was like. Hey, man, like, look, can I throw something in your car? Like, honestly, you're a legend. I don't mind not giving them beer if it means giving you beer. And he looks at me and he goes, wow, I gave that shit up years ago. But I know Reavers will probably have a good time with it. So I'll hear about it tomorrow.
2: You know, it's always great because he does miss it. He did. He, he gave it up, I sure. believe, in
0: 1988.
2: Yeah. And uh, but. Every year, that's your Christmas gift. Is it's either an elevated gift card, or it's nice, you know, or Long it's uh, hey, uh, hey, asshole, uh, I got some stuff
0: for you and the fellas. Why don't you swing by and pick it up?
2: All right <laughs> sounds good sounds
0: good so uh, this is Ben and Charles <laughs> signing off for libations for everyone this is this is Ben and Charles it sounds like a grandma leaving a voicemail yeah, well well oh, this, this is Ben, this and, is Charles. ben and Charles <laughs> and Merry, Merry Christmas maybe sometime All you'll right. make time for your family <laughs> Birthday. Uh, my, other, my other favorite thing you just reminded me of it <laughs> will you do the elevated wine beer and spirits and yeah. the the ace? Frataloni's Frat Ace, Ace Harbor and Garden <laughs> just, Store. Just, just give him a shout out and that'll be our sign off. Yeah,
2: Frataloni's Ace Harbor, a longtime supporter of both the beer show and Garage Logic. Mike is the absolute best in the business. And of course, our friends at Elevated Beer, Wine and Spirits, elevatedbws.com on your mobile device.
0: Oh, Ryan, I love you so much.